Warning, this video contains super awesome content not suitable for people who don't enjoy super awesomeness. Viewer discretion advised. Welcome to Viewer's Choice. Your selection is about to begin. But first, take a look at what else you can see this week. Hey dudes, fighting you to travel through time. First stop, a long layover at the video store. Bogus. Wait, you've got Viewer's Choice. Excellent! Hello, you rotten little bloodsuckers. America's most popular now get extra value. Twelve fifty cash back. Rise and shine, Mr. Freeman. Rise and shine. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. What? It's like what it is. Let's Life gives you lemons. Don't make lemonade. Make life take the lemons back. Get mad. I don't want your damn lemons. What am I supposed to do with these? Demand to see life's manager. Make life through the day and thought it could give Cave Johnson lemons. Do you know who I am? I'm the man who's gonna burn your house down with the lemons. This is my ship, the Nebuchadnezzar. This is the core. We broadcast our pirate signal back into the matrix. Welcome to the Nebuchadnezzar with your host, Ernesto Morado, the double-headed coin, and your co-host, Pablo Morado, the Thunderbolt. Together, we are the Pyramid Podcast. than this quarter that I'm holding in my hand. One quarter of one dollar. 
We passed a law through the leadership of Senator Thurmond and myself and others, a law that says, you're caught with that, you go to jail for five years. You get no probation, you get nothing other than five years in jail. Judge doesn't have a choice. Under our forfeiture statute, you can, the government can, take everything you own. Everything from your car to your house to your bank account, not merely what they confiscate in terms of the dollars from the transaction that you just got caught engaging in. They can take everything. I don't care why they become a sociopath. We have an obligation to cordon them off from the rest of society. They are in jail. Away from my mother, your husband, our family. So I don't want to ask, what made them do this? They must be taken off the street. You know what? I can't even laugh at this video. <laughs> welcome, folks. Welcome. <laughs> that is hilarious. Not even a quarter of a dollar's worth of crack in jail. For the rest of your life in jail. Unbe- and yet his son is indulging in such extracurricular. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, caught on video. Oh, yeah. You want to see the full video? Yeah, put it on. All right. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's play this. Man, this guy's living the life. (laughs) He's in bed. He's got money. So this is Joe Biden. Side by side. uh, Hunter Biden. Uh, Joe Biden's in court. And I believe it's the United States Senate. um, And it looks like in the 90s or 80s. Most likely this is this is like the the late 80s. And he has less hair here. Oh, yeah. And then side uh, on the other side, you got Hunter Biden smoking crack out and proud. So let's hear this one more time. And this is a hearing, I believe. A piece of crack cocaine, no bigger than this quarter that I'm holding in my hand. One For theater of the mind, dollar. what is Hunter Biden doing? We passed a law through the leadership of Senator He's lighting up his crack pipe. A law that says and looking extremely paranoid. That, you go to jail for five years. Five years. You get no probation. You get nothing other than five years in jail. Judge doesn't have a choice. Under our forfeiture statutes, you can, the government can, take everything you own. Everything from your car to your house, your bank account, not merely Hunter Biden's what they smoking crack in terms right of now. the dollars from the transaction in bed without that a shirt just got on. caught engaging in. They can take everything. I don't care why they become a sociopath. We have an obligation to cordon them off from the rest of society. They are in jail. Away from my mother, your husband, our families. So I don't want to ask, what made them do this? They must be taken off the street. You know what? (laughs) I can't even laugh at this video. (laughs) It's ridiculous is what it is. 
So how you doing? I'm doing pretty good, pretty good. Uh, before we start the show, I just want to give a shout out um, to my boy Jizzo. We love you. <laughs> of course. It's your birthday's coming up. Oh, that's right. That's On right. July 4th. We miss you immensely. Oh, man. You left yeah. a big hole. That's why I'm wearing your shirt. <laughs> E30. Your favorite car. Um, Rest in peace, my brother. You're always on my mind. I miss you. <sighs> so yeah. since... I'm going to be on hiatus for a week. That's right. We're going to have a guest host next week. So just wanted to make sure I gave happy birthday to my boy, Jizzo. And if he's listening, happy, birth- happy birthday to the cat, you know, who was <laughs> born on the same day as Jizzo. Uh, happy birthday, brother, if I don't get a t- uh, chance to call you. But again, Jizzo, you're in our minds. We will never forget, and we love you. We and love you very much. And let's do Your it. Your loss was, uh, will always be missed. And uh, let's get this show on the road. <clears throat> All right. So we'll start us off with... Uh, Shall we play a game? Oh, okay. You're Gonna right. start it off off the bat. So I got one for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Before you hit me with it, I'll hit you with one. Uh, okay. <laughs> what would you think would happen at a church, right? Mm-hmm. Where the pre, where the priest or the minister or the the high priestess of the church is doing a sermon. Okay. Right. What would you think happens if he starts saying, advocating for the LGBTQ, transgender pronoun, all that good stuff? And he's fervently on their side and pro LGBT, transgender movement. What would you think would happen in a church? In a church? Mm hmm. Uh, no, uh, does it the uh, Catholic church or Christian church of that? That's a good question. Cause I don't know what's their denomination, but I know that he was fervently advocating for the transgenders okay. in particularly. Well, uh, growing up Catholic and let me let, let me tell you that this is in our neck of the woods. Oh, okay. It, it happened in Spencer, Massachusetts. Mm. Well, uh, growing up Catholic, uh, one of the main principles that Jesus uh, tells uh, us as uh, his followers is to turn the other cheek. You know, that's our whole thing. You know, eye for eye leaves the whole world blind, that kind of thing. So we are very accepting. Uh, forgiveness is huge. In, in the Catholic religion, I mean, that's the whole that's the whole thing, you know, God forgives. So I think that they would just sit there idly by and just, you know, not not making one. No gesture, judgment. No judgment. Right. Give yourself a. Ah. <laughs> OK, go to the Trello. Uh, OK. Uh, OK. 
You see where we had the the Snoop Dogg news? Let's see. In the new list. Let's see. Yeah. Okay. Should be the last one on the bottom. Last one on the bottom. Viral moment. Uh, pro. Okay. Here we go. Let's see. The Spencer Church is now gone after 160 years of serving its community. And that's the part that blows me away is how quickly, you know, that what looked so permanent and solid disappeared. I mean, just within a few hours, and I just watched this thing burn. What's going on, guys? So I stumbled across an article about an LGBTQ affirming church that got burnt down to the ground this month. But the question is, did God burn this church down? Well, Snopes... Where's, where's my? Uh... <laughs> oh, hold on. <laughs> there we go. What happened was, uh-huh. what happened was, <laughs> he was preaching. Okay. Pro LGBT, transgender, mm-hmm. and a lightning bolt struck the steeple and burned the church down. Ah, so wait a minute. How did I get that incorrect? You said the people was going to be there idly. Right, but I you didn't tell me a lightning bolt. <laughs> I said, what would happen if a preach would get up to the podium and start preaching for transgenders? Ah, uh, so it's a it was a it was a tricky question here. I didn't anticipate that God would burn the church down to the ground. <laughs> All right, well that was a good one. I I, I like that one. That was a good one. Well, uh, are you ready for one? Yeah, I'm ready. Shall we play a game? I mean, this is humorous. <laughs> uh, I feel sad for the church. I mean, yeah, that. that's that's horrible. But you know what? That's it's funny that you mentioned that. Um, I I don't. We're know. not against. We're not against gays or transgenders or not. We're not, not nothing against like that. What well, uh, we've stated before. Everybody has freedom to do what they like especially when it comes to their proclivities and their sexual preferences, as long as they don't push it up on right. our, on our kids. Exactly. That's it. Um, Whatever else you guys want to do. I mean, I'm not, I'm not God. So I don't, I don't boast my heterosexuality. Um, this is on you. Whatever you guys want to do is fine. Guys and gals, it's fine. I accept you. We love you. We got members of our family who are LGBT. We love them. We accept them. It's just when right now there's a divide because the transgenders are really uh, pushing for these strange activities with, with children. That's the only thing that I oppose. Everything else... Gay people, LGBT people, yo, they're cool in the gang. They're fun people. Some of them are nasty. And I witnessed that yesterday. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, I mean. uh, I was in the drive-thru. Some of them have that attitude, that drag queen, or that, what is it? Not drag queen, but queen, I think they call it. Or, uh, Or drama, not a drama queen. 
Well, there's a term for that for that type of person, male or female. That because a, a gay male is also embodying the same a uh, uh, a type of female that does the same, you know, that extra well, this flamboyant. This is what I witnessed yesterday. I was in the drive-through at McDonald's as I was performing my daily gig work, and there was a line. And there was a white car, a black car, and then my car. The white car was kind of, I guess the, the, the two young ladies in the car, they were having fun. And the driver got out mm-hmm. and started twerking. <laughs> okay. She had like these... Uh, very short shorts. Okay. And they had some reggaeton playing. Uh-huh. She got out and she started twerking. Uh-huh. And she was very voluptuous. Okay. She was built. Okay. You know, so she's twerking and having a good time. <laughs> the and, things that you see. <laughs> and she's she's rocking it. Like, uh-huh. she's bouncing her derriere. <laughs> And she's having fun with her friend. I can't even drink while <laughs> bouncing she, her derriere. She was bouncing her derriere, <laughs> and she was having fun. So she got back into the car. Uh huh. And this is the white car. The people in the black car took umbrage. To the twerking, I guess. Mm-hmm. So out of the passenger side came out like a six foot tall transgender mm-hmm. male to female. Okay. With long nails. Mm-hmm. Went up to not to the driver's side, who was the girl who was twerking, mm-hmm. but went to the passenger side and started, you know spewing something I wasn't hearing because I had my windows rolled up. Okay. But the person on the passenger side proceeds to roll down her window and the transgender started throwing her hands in there and evidently she struck the female on the driver's side. Then she came back to the vehicle Uh that she was in. Man, out of that passenger side came out a four foot eight Tasmanian devil. I oh, man, this girl was like steaming mad. And now, now I'm in this. Uh. <laughs> now I'm in this. You got your popcorn ready. Yeah, no, I'm in this to the point that, all right, whoever you are, you think you're so tough because you're like six foot tall, mm. got Wolverine style nails and all that. Right. But you just opened the can of whoop ass because this little four foot eight. Right. It's going to, this gonna little girl. Chop that tree. Oh, man, she was pissed. So now the people in the car are scared. Uh-huh. So I said, no, you don't. I went right to the back, almost to her bumper. You're not getting out of this one. <laughs> <laughs> and she started banging on the window, banging on the window, banging on the window. 
And she's like, you better open the... And then the the driver was like, yo, open the window. Because if she breaks the window, I'm going to charge you for it. Uh-huh. So now... How did you hear this? Because she had her, her window side open. Okay. They both had were open. But when the girl got out, the transgender uh, dude... Rolled up his window because he was afraid of this Tasmanian devil. Oh, okay. So she was like, you better roll down your window because if she breaks it, you're going to pay for it. Mm -hmm. So because of the driver, transgender rolls down the window. And all I see is like, (laughs) this little girl is like, and then the transgender guy, he's like, my nails, my nails. Oh, my goodness. I was like, what is this? What is this world coming to? Oh, man. Well, uh, I wasn't going to bring this one up, but uh, being that you brought this up with the LGBTQ community. Some transgenders, some transgenders, not all, can be a little feisty. Some transgenders are nasty. Yeah. Nasty. Um, so, uh, you know about Target? What about Target? Uh, that Target's losing a lot of money. Um, Target is... Um, I'm going to see. How much did Target lose? Uh, uh, because of the whole gay pride thing? Yeah. Okay, so it says here, Target... Uh, this is Fox Business. Um I'm going to add this to the uh, to the screen here. It says, uh, target market cap losses. Oh, oh hold on. Uh, swell to $15 billion as shares drop again amid woke backlash, right? So $15 billion uh, already was, a re- was lost by um, Target, right? Because of this whole woke agenda and LD, LGTBQ. L-B-G-A Elemental P <laughs> Right Now at the same time As they're getting um, uh, Backlash for the woke They So the, they had Put out a, a line of clothing Have you seen the clothing That they put out For the LGBTQ I've seen some I've seen some And, and What do you know of uh, Of the clothing What did it look like to you Oh gay pride colors You know the whole rainbow colors And stuff like that well, this is what I just typed in. Uh, I'm going to put this in. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. So I typed in Target LGBTQ clothing, right? So this is uh, the clothes that they had here. Um, it says here, Satan respects pronouns um, is one of them. There are more than two genders. Satan, it says here. Satan respects pronouns is another uh, again a transsexual or transgender uh shirt here not today Jesus is the rainbow colors transgender uh, you see see I have a problem with that so now there's a thing because what, they were selling this in Target in Target yeah look you see uh Target LGBTQ clothing this is the things that come okay, up okay well hold on go to the Jesus one uh, not today, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, blow it up. Okay. Um, what does it say? What's the caption there that says right here? Yeah, I'm t- up top. What do you mean? 
the caption that's describing the clothing above the price uh, not today jesus goat satanic ro- rainbow yeah but you see that's zazzle right yeah well they took it down off of uh target they they stopped selling it on target i want to see something that it's actually carried at target uh well they took it down so i don't think they're going to show that anymore okay so they will go go no no no, no 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 go up 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 down, down, down. I mean, you mean uh, back to where we were? No, no. Right in that. Just scroll. Uh huh. Keep scrolling. Yeah. Keep scrolling. Mm-hmm. I just saw something where there was like these people at the store. Uh, you mean here? Okay, yeah. Now, isn't that Target right there? Uh, yeah. This is Target. So you want to see those shirts in right in the, there, right there, above this one, no, this one, that one, yeah. Let's see. Trans people will always exist. Uh, let's see this one. Mm. Well, if not, Target was carrying, that's what they were carrying shirts. I With mean, those types of satanic messages on it. Yeah, that's what they had. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I need to hear it from a credible uh, publication that these guys were promoting uh, satanic I don't think the news messages. organizations are going to put them up. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, it says here Target. Uh, this is New York Post. Target had lost ten billion dollars in market valuation over the last ten days over a popular retailer. We could go. Target enjoys a stock value at one hundred and sixty dollars a share, uh, and now it, it, it uh, retail over its Pride collection. The value plummeted to one hundred and thirty-eight dollars a share, nearly a four percent, fourteen percent drop um, for Blue Chick Shop. Uh, stock roughly uh, roughly translates to a ten point one billion dollar loss. Um, it says here the last time uh, Target, which had been caught in the middle of America's culture, was over uh, gender, moved its Pride section in some southern stores away from its front last week, and said its displays were knocked over by protesters who also confronted workers. Um, it says the retail. See, I, I, I have. Uh, it says among the ones that garnered the most attention were the tuck friendly women's swimsuits that allow trans women who have not had gender affirming operations to conceal their genitalia as well as rainbow themed children's clothing. While many have likened the conservative uh, boycott against Target that of Bud Light, which saw a crash after Dylan Mulvaney. Um, it says speaking on this Friday, Republican. Said that while multiple alternatives exist. Well, anyway, I bring this up only because. But before you go into your your little rant, uh, just <laughs> just Google uh-huh. Target sells satanic, okay, transgender clothing. Because I can't believe Target will be that dumb to carry clothing. With a religious, then mixing two explosive things, religion and sexuality. It's just a recipe. Who is the market? The 
the supervisor or the market head of marketing that sanctioned this. I don't understand that. I could have, and I don't, I don't know anything about marketing, mm. and I could have told them, "Don't do it," okay. especially children's clothing. You know, like I don't know, I don't know. Okay, uh, so I uh, it says here, Satanist designer says Target set dangerous precedent by pulling products. Uh, the controversial transgender Satanist uh, designer behind some of the pride products that were removed from from Target stores slammed the big box retailer this week for setting a dangerous precedent. Target initially partnered with the UK uh, UK based brand Abrelin, uh to sell merchandise with pro LGBTQ messages to celebrate Pride Month. However, some of the consumers were ang- were enraged by Target's over the top pride displays with a particular animosity geared toward the products for children. Then it was revealed that Aprelin's designer Eric Carnell appeared to be an outspoken Satanist whose brand features occult imagery and messages like Satan respects pronouns on brand apparel. Well, there's the proof. Proof is in the pudding. Target, I'm sorry, but if you have somebody head of marketing, well, they did they, they fire them now. Yeah, they they um collaborated with this designer. Um, I guess their 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 company fire them now. <laughs> Similar with uh, uh Dylan Mulvaney, where they collaborated with Dylan Mulvaney, and that's the same reason why people are are boycotting uh, Anheuser Busch, right? The Dylan Mulvaney, different thing because it's, it's different thing. Cause she wasn't. I don't, uh, I don't get it. She wasn't a purport, uh, you know, pushing Satanist. If, uh, if this is what you're gonna get upset about, mm-hmm. I got things for you to get upset about, right? But so I bring this up because. Oh uh, no, no, we're not opening up that hatch without me getting this out. <laughs> if you got upset because Budweiser made Dylan Mulvaney. Or what do they call it? An influencer? Yes. And because of that, you started protesting against a Bud Light. And I get it. You know, you're trying to nip the, how do you say, nip it in the bud kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. Dudes and dudettes and pronouns. I got stuff for you to get pissed about. Here we go. You ready? Mm-hmm. Pete Rose served, for people that don't know, Pete Rose, one of my favorite baseball players, mm-hmm. used to play for the Cincinnati Reds, and I believe he also played with the Philadelphia Phillies. Okay. This guy is the epitome of tough baseball. Okay. A.K.A. Charlie Hustle. He did five months in jail. Mm -hmm. Because he he didn't report. I think. Google it. I'm doing it now. Uh, in 1990, Rose pleaded guilty of two counts of filing false income tax returns 
after failing to declare income from memorabilia sales and horse race winnings and was sentenced to five months in prison and fined $50,000. Okay. He did five months. Because he, he, he sold some memorabilia. And didn't report it. And, and, and won in a race, in, in a horse race. And didn't and report didn't it. Report it. This, now, this now, where, where I'm going to get you pissed now. Uh-huh. Google Wesley Snipes goes to jail. Uh-huh. I sense the theme here. Uh, he was um, went to jail for tax evasion. He also claimed he was a non-resident alien. Uh, Snipes was born in the U.S. in 1962. Snipes eventually lost an uh, appeal with the retrial in 2010, which resulted in him serving nearly three years at McKinnon Federal Correctional Institution in Pennsylvania. So that's for tax evasion. And his tax evasion was less than less than a million dollars, if I if I'm correct. Uh, let's see. Uh, for find it says for five million. It says uh, oh, it was it five million? Yeah, something okay. like that. Uh, it says uh, uh, first came the stories with different. Nearly all the films started going straight to DVDs in 2008. He was sentenced for three. Uh, he was sentenced to three years in prison and fined $5 million for willful failure to file a $15 million, so it was $15 million worth of federal income tax return. So okay, so he, million. That, was, that was just. Right. Right? $15 million. But Hunter Biden is guilty of the same. Right. And a gun charge. And he gets to walk. And he gets to walk. So the reason I bring this up, if Dylan Mulvaney motivated these people not to drink Budweiser, right? what will this motivate? What happened with Hunter, who is guilty of tax evasion, guilty of lying on a gun application. If I would have done that, Easily, easily five years in jail. Yeah, anybody, anybody. So if you want to get... And, and commingling, commingling with the spy chief of China. That right there is espionage. That's life in prison right there. That's another bowl of wax. That's going <laughs> to uh, manifest <laughs> later. Especially that your father's the vice president. That's that's definitely life in prison right there. But if you or, guys want to... Or doing crack, according to his father, that's five years in prison right there. If you guys want to get upset at something, forget Dylan Mulvaney. It's a, <laughs> it's a commercial. No, but, but here's what I, I was trying to bring up with this whole Target thing. Because what I want people... Well, people are... are uh, there's a, there's a bigger and I have more to say on that because um you put me down a rabbit hole with this uh, guy is Ismael Perez, great guy. We're gonna have him um uh talk a little bit later in the cast. I have something uh pretty interesting to go down a rabbit hole, but um there's a there's a bigger we know that there's you know uh the unseen hand at at work right you know and you know it. 
we're now realizing that perhaps there are several factions of unseen hands. You know, there might be just there might be several um, unseen hands at work. You know, the Illuminati, the Masons, and all these different factions, mm-hmm. and they're warring against each other in, in secret. Right now, I bring that up because Ismael Perez uh, brought that up. Yes. It's funny that before mm-hmm. I even learned about Ishmael Perez, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, but I know the warlock will remember. Mm. I brought this up. Everybody's talking about we're at the end of times mm-hmm. and that the Antichrist is near. Right. A thought came into my mind. What if the Illuminati, Mm -hmm. Skull and Bones, Mm -hmm. uh, the Bilderbergs, all these these players Mm -hmm. that do things behind the scenes, these are the chess players that make things happen happen around the world that we don't see. Right. What if every faction has their own candidate for the Antichrist? Yeah. I think that's how it works. they're all fighting. For the control. Yeah. They're all fighting for their nominee. Right. So, like, right now, you know, we have uh, Trump... DeSantis, Vivek, um, what's his name? Newsom, Gavin Newsom, Gavin Newsom. Oh, you mean our 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 candidates? Right, same system, Mm -hmm. but this one is for the Antichrist and for the world takeover. Right, yes, that's exactly right. And I have something. So they're all fighting for their candidate, and and I have something on that. There's breaking news on that as well. Um, about how how much do you think it costs to buy a politician? That's a depending on just um, the average on uh, on average cost. A low level politician, yeah, five hundred grand. <laughs> All right, so I'll hold you. That that's not your ask, Ernesto. But that that'll be uh, something that could be uh, that'll be a secondary asking us to. But going later. back, going back, I really believe that all these players behind the scene mm-hmm. are fighting for their candidate. Yeah, I believe that for too. For the Antichrist, and with that said, let's hear let's hear the latest report from the whole. The hole. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see what the hole has to say. You got this is an exclusive from the hole in Syria. <laughs> was that the hole in Syria? No, that was the Russian hole. Oh, this that's is the, the hole. Russian. Bad news coming from the whole of Syria. He said, "Uh huh, you're right." Uh huh. Yeah. So, um, again, uh, 
you got me down this rabbit hole of the of the whole um just very quickly mom is watching hi mom <laughs> oh. <laughs> right you got me down the rabbit hole of the <laughs> okay um now you heard the sound um we should be heading to break but really quickly before we go to break because i want to just finish out my thought here because i i brought up target for a reason um because again i wanted to make a connection here that that most people aren't making this connection and it's a it's a huge gap in in their understanding okay um, like you said with the church, right? This guy was accepting the LGBTQ community, and what happened? A lightning bolt stroke struck the the church down, and and now it's on fire, and now the church is no longer there, right? What's happening is the LGBTQ community, whether we want to believe it or not, is against God, because God, uh. Sex in God's mind is only there for procreation, right? And therefore, the LGBTQ community, they don't participate in the act of procreation. Therefore, God does not condone that. He doesn't even condone that if you were a man and a woman, you know, having, you know, um, you know sex without the goal of procreation, you know, that's the whole point of if you're going to be an orthodox Christian, that's the whole point of, of why you got to wait. Well, for that's why he's against sex before marriage. Not well, that and uh, contraception. Right. And all that stuff, because everything that's again, that's why he's against pro, uh, uh, contraception. And that's why they're against uh, abortion, because uh, abortion is um Against what God wants, God is trying to bring procreation, bring life, right? So we have to understand. But there's a component here. And the on, well, hold on, let me finish my thought here. On, on the fundamental religious level here, the LGBTQ community are unfortunately are not in God's favor, right? So because that's how it is, right? And the people that grew up in the Catholic Church that were LGBTQ found themselves in a precarious situation where now their God is not out for them, right? Because God does not condone them. And they they are like, well, then what about me? So who slips in in their place? Well, turns out that Satan condones LGBTQ and uh. Satan embraces LGBTQ. And a lot of the things that uh, in the... The Satan, uh, what is it called? The the Satanic Bible embraces a lot of, uh, you know, sex, um, gender fluidity and all these things. That's all from the Satanic Bible. So what we're facing with this whole LGBTQ and gender fluidity and pronouns is coming from the Satanic Bible. The exact flip of our Bible, the Holy Bible, Right. So okay, there's, there's a, there, what I'm saying is that there's an unseen uh, 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 fight here at play between God. As we, as we are clearly pointing out in every day, we're seeing a fight between God on one hand and, and, and the devil on the, on the other hand. Where you have artists, you know, out and proud, gay artists, all them gay that are out and proud, wearing the devil horns, proud Satanists, 
proud, dressing up like Satan. You know, they're all gay that are doing these things. You know, what was that guy um, that that was grinding on Satan in that music video? Um, uh, uh, little little Nas. Yeah, little Nas X. You know, so. <clears throat> um, okay, but there's something that I, I want to address here because you you mentioned the Catholic Church. And uh, we got 20 uh, minutes left to the break. So, uh, I mean, the uh, Catholic two Church. minutes left to the break here. Catholic Church ain't no. No, 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 no. I, no I'm not saying I'm not saying the Catholic Church. I'm just saying these these pe- these priests. Not, the Catholic Church. If you look at the Vi- the Vatican, they got you know we we on this cast we said that their their own telescope they call it Lucifer. You know, so they have some some ties, and they have a lot to atone for, right? I with mean, child pedophilia, child, and, and and that that right there is uh, is another satanic thing that I'm look, finding. This out. is what I got to say, and and I, and. My opinion is well. That I think the child pedophilia is Satan entering the church, right? Once that got, I, once that broke out, I believe, I believe that this omnipresent being who we call God, uh huh, loves us all, mm-hmm. with and without our faults, right, right, and it's about love. You could be LGBT, well, all those letters, and if you love who you're with, I don't think God has a problem with that because God is pure, unadulterated love. Right. Where I have a problem with this community mm-hmm. isn't pushing is, it onto everybody else. Pushing it on stuff that goes on behind closed doors should stay behind closed doors. I get uncomfortable seeing heterosexual couples making out in public. Right. I'm not from that school. You could hold hands. There's no wrong, nothing wrong with that. But when they start going up, you know, beyond that, nobody has to see that. And if you're a man who loves a man, fine. If you're a woman who loves a woman, fine. If you're bi, fine. Just stop doing this publicly and all this nudity and sexual, uh, I don't know, promiscuous, promiscuous, what, what, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> this public, this public, um, display of of sex is what I'm against. I'm all even heterosexual. I don't want to know what goes on in the bed. And with that, you hear the sound. It's time to take our break. So uh, this segment is brought to you by Paramin Vitamins, uh, specifically Optimal. You got your Optimal Vitamins. That's your multivitamins here. They come together in a nice multivitamin gummy. Um, 
And you can uh, find them at theparamid.com. Go to theparamid.com or paramin, that's P-A-R-A-M-I-N dot shop front. That's S-H-O-P front, F-R-O-N-T dot live. Delicious gummies. And right, you can get some delicious gummies. We also got the Brain Boost. That's 10 different mushrooms all in one delicious gummy. And this is our favorite pig, pigs and shit segment. So um, for our pigs and shit segment, we got ourselves some good information that we should all know. Five most, Im- Five most important things that we should know. Important questions to ask the cops. Number one, what's your name and badge number, officer? Who's asking? If you think there's something fishy going on, it's a good idea to make sure you're actually talking to a real cop. Yeah, I seem fishy, I get it. My name's Officer Doyle, badge number 031. I'm undercover, you can call the station to confirm. Number two, am I being detained? If you are being detained, cops will usually do things like conduct a search or make you wait until they decide what to do with you. If you aren't being detained, ask question number three. Am I free to go? You can leave if they give confirmation. If you are being detained, ask number four. Why am I being detained? They need a legitimate reason to detain you, so if something sounds wrong, you might be able to use it to fight it in court. Finally, if the cops start asking questions and you feel like you might say something wrong, ask question number five. Can I speak with a lawyer? And then say, I invoke the fifth. Five most important questions to ask the cop. Okay, so, that's that's informative. Little informative uh, segment here for the pigs and shit, and uh, of course we gotta put in a little confrontation here. So uh, we'll we'll put in a guy you taking this um, uh, the five things and applying it. So here we go. I pulled you over for speeding. Hey, YouTube channel? I wasn't speeding. You were. How fast? Back on Bridgeport, you're going about 70. No, I I was doing 50. I was going 60 and you were getting away from me. So do you have it on radar or laser? Pacing. You weren't behind me. I was. Really? Yep. You have that on camera, on the dash cam? No dash cam. No dash cam. Nope. So it's just your word against mine. Yep. All right. You have to be behind the person. I was behind you. You weren't right behind me. I was looking in my rearview mirror. You weren't behind me at all. I was in the number one lane. You were in the number two lane. I wasn't behind you right. directly. So you're in an opposite lane. Mm-hmm. And then I see you driving away from me while I'm going 60. Well, I mean, if you, you were you were looking down doing 60? Yep. So you were looking down, but you weren't looking up at me. Or you were looking down and looking at me at the same time. Um, these are just questions I'll ask no, in I court, know. right? I know, I know. But did I say I was going to give you a ticket? No, you didn't, but I like to ask questions. That's fair. Which isn't illegal. No, no, no. that's fair. I'm going to have my own <laughs> own reasons for whether I do give you I get or it. don't give you a ticket. Hold you over for speeding. <laughs> what do you think of that? <laughs> he, I, I think he even started leaning towards just letting him go. Yeah. <laughs> so wait a minute. You were behind me. Right. <laughs> Uh, hold on. I lost. I lost visual over here. Uh oh. Yeah. Yeah. So you were behind me. You were behind me. So I wasn't going seventy. Yes, she was because I was behind you. No, you weren't. I looked in my rearview mirror. You weren't there. No, I was on the <laughs> other lane. How can you see what I'm doing and Did look? Did you have at the laser? No, but I was going. Did you have a dash cam? No, no dash cam. <laughs> That was good. Good things to know. And with that, it's time for our next segment.
Okay, so <clears throat> we're in the Ask Anesto segment here, but uh, I, I wanted to go back again because uh, I didn't get to really finish my, my flesh out my thought here. So I, I, I understand that, um, that, that we believe that, the, that God would embrace the LGBTQ community because God is a forgiving God and that's the whole mantra of, of Christianity is to be forgiving mm. and to accept and embrace, right? But at the end of the day, we also have to acknowledge that um, the Abrahamic faith that also encompasses Judaism and Muslim, you know, the ones before and after us, they're very uh, against the, the LGBTQ community. Um, it, because it, it goes against God, the same God that we supposedly believe in. Mm -hmm. Now, um, the, the point I'm trying to make is that the, whether or not that is true, there, that question gets brought up in that community, you know, whether or not, you know, God accepts them because they are, uh, you know, uh, going against his word or, you know, they're of that community. Um, that's a lie. A lot of the, you know, very uh, pro-religious types are, you know, protesting against the, these communities and so on and so forth. So what that does is it allows for the people of that community to, well, first off, it unplugs them from God because now they're like, okay, this guy is not for me now. So now they're looking around. <clears throat> and when they're looking around, now they, they wind up into different things like spirituality, crystal, crystal healing. But of those things that they fall into that isn't of the traditional faith, the other, the one of those things that they fall into happens to be Satanism. Because Satanists are very embracing of the LGBTQ community. They really embrace sex. And, you know, they they say this is, uh, you know, what they you all, Satanists are also very um, accepting of murderers, pedophiles. Um, Basically, every all the the yeah, all the all the bad. That's what Satan encompasses all of the bad. Right. So now. A lot of these uh, transgender Serial folks killers are very I mean, accepting. I'm not making this up because, again, you have that guy on, on, on the Grammys dressing up like Satan. Again, he was a game, a game man. His name escapes me right now. But Lil Nas X is another person out and proud gay. And what does he do on his um, music video? He's grinding on Satan. Right, so they 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 but, it's a it's a parody, but it's a thing that they do as a. But as well, you gotta realize, this is not only the LGBTQ community. As far as the entertainment industry, this is rampant, even in the heterosexual. Well, uh, what the uh, the, the, the sa satanic? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, in the in the very. Uh, the sexual, uh, like uh, uh, you have the, your your. Um, Some people believe Jay Z and Beyonce are Satanists, right? Well, what? Uh, okay, but what I'm saying is that there is a strong. What I'm saying is that the the correlation of the LGBTQ people are uh, there's a, a, a at least a good population of them 
flow into being a Satanist because they're very embracing of that community when they feel like they've been if shunned that, out of the, the heaven. If that gate. is the case. I mean, it's clear that if Target has collaborated with somebody that's also LGBTQ and you have artists that are LGBTQ and also, you know, out and proud, uh, uh, embracing Satan and, you know, all the people, I mean, I, I'm not even thinking is is uh, is Tim uh, Curry is he gay? I I don't know, but he he portrayed the devil in, in one of my favorite movies, Legend. So it's just like I don't know. Like uh, it seems to me that there's a th- there's a theme amongst whether it be media portraying that to the LGBTQ community to uh, kind of. Uh, 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 attract them and, and entice them over onto my side, onto their side. But I'm noticing that, you know, God, because God traditionally does not accept that it unplugs that community from, from that, from being, you know, in the God fearing camp, you know, a, a lot of them not saying all, it doesn't happen across the board. Now, what is the LGBTQs, um narrative like what is their message that they portray out to um the world that makes us weary you're asking me the question yeah what is the thing that that they're doing that, that makes me weary yeah that that they push out there that makes us feel well, like I'll give, you, I'll give you a couple of examples a they doing I haven't seen this with my very own eyes. And but as of also, late- I, I also have to um, interject here because it's a big distinction here is not it's not so much the gay community or the lesbian community as much as the in, the introduction to the trans community. That's where things started going off the, the rails. Was that, a, was that a punt introduction? <laughs> I said introduction. I didn't mean to say that introduction. Okay. Um, to the trans community, I think that's where we kind of went off the rails here, and that's where things started really getting uh, started getting a little different. Um, uh, when we were embracing the gays and the lesbians, it was more about embracing, you know, other people and not being so, um, uh, I guess, combative or you know, however you want to put it towards that community instead we're just embracing them as as people of the population but now they have become with the introduction of the transgender movement they've really become more uh pushy and uh out and and pushing this to to uh the people that really don't want to be a part of that community but they're like you know out and proud and target for example you know it whether or not uh, you are a, a trans person or not should not really um, I mean or, like your sex like you said sex really should not be out and proud like that you know that should be something private whether or not you like to dress up as a woman or, or, or whatever whatever your sexuality sexuality is it should be you know private it, across the board right but they're pushing this out this narrative out there now now you asked me a question. Yes. The question was that what were the things that made the uh, the LGBTQ community um, uh, 
Like what made us weary about them? Okay, this is what made me weary about uh-huh. them. And I saw this a long time coming. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, th- this was, uh, you threw me out into a different uh, rabbit hole because this, again, you wasn't what I was uh, planning for your asking Nesto, but here we, here we go. Um, I'm a very big, big fan of Halloween. Mm-hmm. But you said you had five things. You said you had five things that, uh, you know, that made you uh, believe or made you weary about the. Uh, I don't remember saying that I had five things. Okay. But there, there are things that make me weary about. Them. Okay. So give me like, give me okay, more. Okay. So, so I'm giving you a little background. I'm okay. A, I'm a big, big fan of Halloween. Mm-hmm. Right. And some people believe Halloween could be maybe a Satan, satanic, uh, pagan holiday. Mm-hmm. But I love it. Right. And my tradition was every Halloween, I would go down to the village and walk in the hot village Halloween parade. Right. But going towards the mid nineties, I used to want I used to take you along, but something started to happen with the transgender community. Mm-hmm. The parade went from being uh, a cacophony of strange costumes and amusing costumes um, and uh, people expressing their creativity mm-hmm. to it started turning into like a strange uh, transgender sexual uh, parade. Mm. To where the outfits, uh, a lot of them had to deal with the male genitalia out in public. Mm. And um, transgenders virtually marching nude Mm. and forcing their sexuality upon the crowd. You know, I I saw one, it was like... uh, I will say 97, mm-hmm. you know, this transgender had put on stilts and he had like a large phallic uh, symbol, for lack of a better word, or penis, mm-hmm. which was like on a stick. And the people, he was on stilts, people were walking below and they were like, you know, the penis was like waving. Mm. And he he would like go into the audience with this, you know, huge uh, penis uh, penis, which was like like almost like a big hose puppet thing. <laughs> oh my god! And I, I and at that point, it had like I guess they would press a button, and from the tip of the penis, glitter like confetti would come out. Oh boy. This is a kid's holiday. Right. What is what does sex have to do with? Why do you have to make this so over sexualized? Right. You have kids, you know, they're there to see people in costume and their creativity. Well, well that brings me to 
just wait, wait a minute. Let me let me finish my thought. What what do I have? What makes me weary about them? What makes me weary about them is that they they on a path of forcing this sexual agenda, which to me is what they want is public sex. That's not what they want. That's what Satan wants is public sex. Well, that's what I'm not involving Satan in this conversation. <laughs> you don't want Lucy in this conversation. I'm not involving him because everybody has. Uh, but if you if if let's look at it at, and uh, let's say we're back in Jesus's time. Everybody has free will. Of course, but if you were if you had to sit across from from Jesus, right? And you and you had that opportunity and you could ask him, "Hey Jesus, do you, what do you think about the sex being out in the public or or From what I know of Jesus, he wouldn't he would that's not That's the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, right? He that's would the not, whole He would not be accepting. But this is not happening. This is not happening. But that did happen in Jesus's time. No, didn't no, it? no, no. I, let me finish my thought. Okay. This is this whole thing, this whole movement, um, be it Satanist, be it whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, my question to the transgenders are: What is it that you want from us? Because we accept you. I think that the the majority of the people in there, in in that community that are trans, are like us. Like they just want to be left alone, right? So, <laughs> so and so, why continue on this agenda where you guys want to have uh, these burlesque um, drag queen shows I don't in know. kindergarten? Why do you want to like walk down the street? Maybe it's the few the, that are being the the mouthpiece for the majority, and the majority is not. I don't know. know. I just think that, but uh, yeah, their agenda is like public nudity, public sex, right. and and again, and, that uh, that is the agenda. I I mean, it might be hard to hear, but that is the agenda of of Lucy. That's what Lucy wants. I mean, if you listen to Paul Harvey's ex- explanation of what Lucy wants, that's exactly what Lucy wants. He wants public sex and this if you debauchery. Want, if you want to go down the religious route, yes. Okay, so now let's let's now let's leave it there. Now, now one thing I have to say because you mentioned the 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 Halloween parade. So this is the Gay Pride Parade recently. Now check out what they're having to say here. Uh, what are they saying? We're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. Play that again. We're 
as you can see in the crowd for Theater of the Mind, they're hypersexual. Some women are wearing just like little stickers over their nipples, but basically that's all they're wearing. Um, you know, very sexual. Guys are wearing next to nothing as well. We're not photoshopping. Well, I don't know. I guess that's what they're. Uh, uh, we're not photoshopping. I guess. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, so, that's a mistake on their part. If they're gonna, if this is their agenda to to look, but uh, and hold I'm on. Gonna, oh, sorry. And oh. I'm gonna end this. Mm-hmm. The, as far as I'm going, I'm. It might be Satan. It might be whoever it is. Uh-huh. Uh huh. As we I'm, celebrate Pride on the pro- I'm not accepting. Made. I'm not accepting public displays of sex. Well, we're still in June, and Pride went from a day, for or went from a a one yeah a day a, a Pride March. I got, it could be Pride Year. I don't give a uh, but I don't I'm, give a hell about that. Okay. Well, so. It, but what I'm saying is it went from a day to a week to now a month. Now, the whole month of June is Pride Month, right? Ain't no problem with that. Now, this is a message from the San Francisco gay community, right? But before you say that, I got to get this out. Something happened. Something very sad happened. And for you uh, LGBTQ transgenders... You guys are being used. You guys are being used by the powers that be. What happened? Um, This mother. I don't know if this was in Texas. I'm not familiar where this stems from. Mm-hmm. This mother lost her child. Because the, the, the child wanted to be called a different name and by a different pronoun. The mother said, no, your name is what I gave you. Right. And no, you're not a man, you're a woman, because that's how you were born. The state goes on and takes the child away from the mother. Right. Because the mother was upset because this child was approached by a social worker and convinced that child that maybe she needs to get testosterone shots. I have it here from Fox News. It says here... Um, well, play it, and then it'll save me the... Mom who lost custody of daughter sounds alarm on bill requiring parents to affirm child's gender identity. California parents in custody battles could be liable for child abuse if they don't affirm gender under new bill. A mother who lost custody of her adolescent daughter spoke out against California bill. I realize you can't see this. So let me make this a little bit bigger. Uh, okay. Uh, it says here... Um, a mother who lost custody of her adolescent daughter spoke out against California bill that could hold the parents in custody battles liable for child abuse if they refuse to affirm their son or daughter's gender identity. Chicago resident Jeanette Cooper, who lost custody of their 
of their then 12-year-old daughter in 2019 pushed back on the legislation during the Ingram angle, noting that discrepancies in beliefs are not a form of abuse. This is a big problem, Cooper told Laura Ingram Monday. The biggest thing that it's a complete insult to children who are actually suffering by being beaten by their parents and suffering because they don't have enough food in their house or they don't get an actual medical attention or physical problems. So it must be some place of privilege that somebody can say that they're not using a pronoun that some child wants is some form of abuse. So just because of the pronouns. Okay, well, the case I'm talking about, I don't know if it's this one. Um, the, the mother lost her child. Uh-huh. They proceeded to inject this child with testosterone, mm-hmm. right? The mother had stated she has mental problems. I believe she is suffering from gender dysphoria. Mm. She has a problem. Testosterone is not going to solve it. She has mental issues. Right. You know, and she wants me to call her this, and she wants me to... Um, address her by that, but I'm not doing it. She needs mental health help. Mm-hmm. So they took away the child. They injected the child with testosterone. The child proceeded to find a train, an oncoming train, knelt in front of the train. Wow! And, and the train himself. killed her. Wow. That's hard because they didn't address the problem. The problem was not that she was uh, transgender, but she had a, a mental, mental problem. Right. So, with that said, what makes me weary of this movement is oversexualizing, public displays of sex, pushing that upon. <clears throat> Are young people mm-hmm. and going above parental consent and trying to initiate or for lack of a better word groom or groom or into this whole transgender um world and Agenda. that and 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 let me tell you something. I've heard I heard something that is utterly ridiculous cuz now they want now they want male and female bathrooms, right? Mm-hmm. They want the female bathrooms to be used by transgender males who trans, who who transition to female to use the 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 ah, that's so ridiculous. The female bathrooms. The bathrooms but, are ridiculous. But the last thing I heard that there's a school that has a sandbox in both oh my male God. and female. So that they could pretend to be a, a cat or whatever. Yes. This world is out of control. Well, with that said, here I'm gonna And I'm, if you believe it's Satan and the Antichrist is coming. 
We're in the end of times. I think you. I think it is Satan because and Caligula, Caligula's uh, sin was the outward sex and orgies and all these things. Then you had Sodom and Gomorrah, outward sex, orgies, and all these things. The transgender community, outward sex, orgies, and all these things. Well, Sodom and Gomorrah was way before but Caligula. I'm, I'm saying all these things are, are, are like moments where it seems like Satan was out and proud where where the like right now like look at look, look at the craziness that's going on now and you can't you can't say that it is it isn't attributed to dark forces that are out and proud right now well personally i believe the dark forces are at play now with that i just got one thing to play before the the break here so i'm going to play this real quick um uh and you tell me how you feel about this? Now, this is a message from the gay community, okay? As, as by their own words. As we celebrate pride on the progress we've made over these past years, there's still work to be done. So to those of you out there who are still working against equal rights, we have a message for you. You think we're sinful. You fight against our rights. You say we all lead lives you can't respect. But you're just frightened You think that we'll corrupt your kids If our agenda goes unchecked It's funny, just this once, you're correct We'll convert your children Happens bit by bit, quietly and subtly And you will barely notice it You can keep them from disco Warn about San Francisco Make him wear pleated pants, we don't care We'll convert your children We'll make them tolerant and fair At first I didn't get why you'd be so scared of us turning your children into accepting, caring people But I see now why you'd have a problem with that Just like you worried change their group of friends you won't approve of where they go at night to protest but when you'll be disgusted when they start finding things online that you've kept far from their sight like information guess what you'll still be all right we'll convert your children yes we will reaching one and all there's really no escaping Gen Z's gayer than grinder. Learn to love, learn to vogue, face your fate. We'll convert your children. Someone's gotta teach them not to hate. What <laughs> what do you think of this? This is the message right here. It says, a message from the gay community performed by San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus. And now now you, I think you, when I saw this, I think you have it. This made me feel very odd 
very, very odd because it happened. They converted your child, your child. Oh, my sister is LGBTQ. Now she didn't, she wasn't always that way, but from and I, she was a little tomboyish, of course. But there are girls that are tomboyish and still date guys, and still to this day, she says that she's bi and she's not necessarily one or the other. But like, this is the message that they've been pushing. That is not going to be apparent. It's going to be, uh, you know, they're they're doing it on the cover. It's going to be bit by bit. This is what they're saying. And if you go by the Alex Jones uh, mentality, it's like they flat out tell you what they're going to do before they do it. Wow. So, like, I don't know. For me, this just felt a little odd because I know there's choice involved here. But now it's got me thinking how much choice is involved. How much is it? You know, other factors. I'm, I'm a little. Um, how do I say this? How do you feel about them saying that we'll convert your children secretly? I mean that that whole thing. Like they were like, they first said, "Oh, you think we're sinful? We think." I mean, I can replay it, but it said, "You think we're sinful? You think we're this? We're, you think we're bad people?" And guess what? You're right. And we're going to convert your children. The message. I mean, I'll play it one more time for the audience. So just so they, they can hear. The just the beginning. Yeah, I can't sit through that whole fucking thing. So to those of you out there who are still working against equal rights. I can't see it. For you. Oh. You think we're sinful. You fight against our rights. You say we all lead lives. You can't. So they think we're sinful. You think you we all leave lies that you can't respect, respect. Right? But you're just frightened. You think that we'll corrupt your kids if they think that you will corrupt your kids. If our agenda goes unchecked. If our agenda goes unchecked, right? Funny, just this once, you're correct. Okay, so I mean, this is what I feel. This is this is. I mean, if this was a a a promotion of anything, they they went about this really really sinister. Just the way they worded everything. It just as a parent, as as far as nobody wants to hear. As as far as a child is concerned, I got no problem with telling the child not to hate. People in general, no matter if the by the color of their skin, right, uh, by their religion, or if that child is a boy and thinks as a girl, right, or if it's a girl who thinks as a boy. Or a boy who likes boys or a girl who likes girls. Right. If it's about acceptance... I believe it's if it's about acceptance, I'm all for it. But converting, this should not be. Well, he's kind of like being semantic. He's using a play on words where he's saying we're corrupting the children not to hate, but to accept, you know. But I know that probably that particular. 
I don't know. Commercial. Will, just the way they sound, the way they said it, it will probably convert has your a, children. has a, a, another meaning. But I have no problem if you, if you want to teach children not to hate because, of their, because they are different than us. I got no problem with that. But that's not what the they're teaching. Problem, the problem I have is them saying to the kids that, you know, oh, you're not, you're not Mary, you're Joe, and you should actually well, walk I have around. A problem. I have a problem with that because, you know, if the, if the child feels that he or she is different, the person that they first should come to is the parent. Right. You know, and it's it should be a parental discussion and nothing else. And then if the parent chooses to to explore counseling and take it that route, then yes, I have no problem with acceptance. If that's what they want for for children not to uh, judge them, you know, because of their sexual preference or. You know, I have no problem with that. The problem I have is when you want to go to these people's schools and do these, you know, uh, obscene drag show type of shows where you're like in a thong and all that. Kids are kids. They shouldn't be sexualized at such an early age. You know, let that manifest as they come into their own. You know, but starting to promote transgenderism and sexuality at such a tender young age, you know, because I don't know what age bracket they're talking about, but if, you know, if you're talking about from five to like 10 years old, I'm a totally opposed from that. And you mentioned that, um, you know they they're corrupting, you know children and 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 children are now uh, experimenting with their sexuality. They're introducing it into schools, into elementary schools, into uh, that shouldn't be. I, I don't. I, don't I think agree. that's that's the that's the part where most of America just doesn't agree, and that's why Target's getting faced with their stuff and. And Hazard Bush, leave us and our kids alone. Do your thing to yourself. Stop pushing it to everybody else because we don't want that. I mean, it's just plain and simple. And again, you um, you mentioned my daughter. She is part of the LGBT community, and I'm very proud of her. And as am I. I just I'm just very hear, proud just of her. Just hearing the grooming takes, aspect just made me feel courage. weird. It takes courage. It takes courage. Of course. To come out and say who you believe you are. And she found the love of her life. So Yes. But and she's again. happy. But I'll have a problem if she wants to go and put on a thong and, and prance around in front of uh, a kindergarten. No. Right. Your private life is your private life, and let's keep it like that. And with that, it's time to get into our next break.
All right, this is our ground.news sponsored segment. You give us five minutes and we'll give you the best top stories around on ground.news. All right, top headlines for this week are five young adults killed when a car crashes into a pond and sinks, Florida cops say. Four more arrested in smuggling incident that killed 53 migrants in Texas. U.S. officials in Texas have arrested four Mexicans who were indicted on suspicion of operating a a human smuggling ring responsible for the death of... uh, for, de- for the deaths a year ago of 53 migrants packed into a truck during a sweltering heat. Wow. A blistering heat wave is turning up the pressure in Texas power grid. On another 100-degree day in Texas, Sean Whitaker lingered outside a Dallas cafe after polishing an iced coffee, after, uh, having switched off the power um, to everything back home except his refrigerator. Let's see the story. Uh, it says here, uh, Texas is experiencing an intense heat wave for the second con- consecutive week, which is straining the state's power grid. Residents have been urged to conserve electricity, with regulators warning of possible grid outages due to high demand and extreme temperatures worsened by the climate change. Um, it says here, wildfire smoke causes unhealthy air quality in Chicago area. Drifting smoke from the ongoing wildfires across Canada is creating curtains of haze and raising air quality concerns throughout the Great Lakes region. Uh, Deputies accused of of abusing black men are fired by Mississippi Sheriff amid federal police probe. One of the biggest podcast apps is shutting down in August. Satellite radio provider Sirius XM said it will shut down its Stitcher podcast app at the end of August in favor of its own XM app, part of uh, the Sirius XM app, part of the larger effort to emphasize its own brand. New parental control features to come to Instagram, Facebook, and Messenger. Meta, the parent company for social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Messenger, rolled out new features allowing parents to more access to their children's accounts. NASCAR great Jimmy Johnson in-laws found dead. Oh, my goodness. In apparent murder-suicide in Oklahoma. Unfortunate. Oh, my goodness. Hate crimes rose 20.2% in California in 2022. And that is your headline. Your, uh, <laughs> your, your headline news for the day. <laughs> and who and, and what's the name of this? Uh... This is Ground.News. All right, folks, visit ground.news for your latest uh, news uh, bulletin. That's right. And if uh, hopefully soon in the future, we might be sponsored. They are the unofficial sponsor of that break segment. And now it's time for our next segment. But you never asked me the Ask Anesta. I know. I'm getting into it now. All right, so now we're back into our uh, Ask Ernesto segment. So shall we play a game? Yes. The Ask Pablo really threw us down a rabbit hole of the transgender, and usually 
because it's very personal to us because we have a lot of uh, ties to the trans uh, close people that we love that are in the transgender community. And it, we're trying to give them the same uh, light and the same, you know, uh, respect as everyone else while still keeping iron focused that we still have Lucy trying to get us in, in many factors, in many factors, the unseen hand, which Lucy controls is, uh, you know, it's hard to follow and he uses everything at his, at his disposal. And unfortunately, like you said before, the LGBTQ community is being used by Lucy whether or not they want it or not, you know, so by Lucy and by the the government, it's a political football now. Yeah. And by by, by our own admission, I mean these politicians, they're not really for us. They're for that unseen hand and who controls that, uh, I think you know, uh, you might find Lucy at the end of that. But uh, in any case, so today's uh, Ask Ernesto is I have a question. Well, this one is going to be a very interesting one, and you're going to have to want to make you work a little bit for the for today's Ask Ernesto because um, this one is going to be a visual Ask Ernesto. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to show you a, a image of an application. Uh, this is a company. Right. And I want you to kind of based on this image here, what do you think this company is about? Okay, here. All so right. I'm going to add this here. All right. So here's the image. What is this company about? Uh, let's see. Yeah, I'll give you a, a, a clue here. So the the name of the company is S N C T M S N C T M S N as in Nancy mm-hmm. C C as in cat uh-huh. T as in Tom M as in Mary That's right S N C T M Oh wow Anything? What comes to mind? Well, I see it's a, like a teardrop, mm-hmm. and I see the cross, and then I see an eye. So I don't know. Maybe some religious faction. A religious faction? Okay. What kind of religion? Uh well that's a that's an interesting one uh obviously now this is a company this is a for profit company for profit company it's a lot uh, going on in this picture i <laughs> i across a for, teardrop now this I is a cross teardrop this I, is like uh for theater of the mind this is one line it, you can basically make it a it's very it's not as uh, detailed. It's very uh, basic imagery of a teardrop shape with a cross inside and an eye overlaid, an eye shape, uh, kind of like a, an oval eye shape with the circle of the of the eye and the iris in the center, uh, overlaid on the on the cross. So you have the teardrop, the cross on 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 top of the, or within the the teardrop. Oh, now I'm seeing something else. And the eye on the bottom. Now I'm seeing in the two A's. 
Two A's. Okay. Yeah, I see the two A's there. Like, uh, I don't know. Um, what what product? Chick, what, chick, okay, I'll what get, product I'll get. could they possibly sell? Like, let's 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 chicken. make chicken. You think? <laughs> yes, chicken. Chicken. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, this one, this what, what made you think chicken? <laughs> I'm thinking this is about what product uh, they could sell. You think it's chicken? Yeah, I think this is about uh, laboratory produced chicken. Ah, uh, that's a good one. Well, unfortunately, I'm going to have to give you a. Uh... <laughs> okay, what is the company about? All right, so. This uh, company, again, is called Sanctum, or S-N-C-T-M. And uh, here, I'll give you a little uh, idea of what this is all about here. Uh... I'm wondering if monogamy is not... This is from the New York Post. I'm wondering if monogamy is not the answer for everybody. My name is Damon and I am the founder of Sanctum. Now, for theater of the mind, what are you seeing here? I'm seeing, like, eyes wide shut with naked women. Okay. So, it's a debauchery. So, this is New York's, or rather, America's most exclusive sex club. Sex? So, if you see that symbol. But it's not about sex. It's about a conversation about all of us as individuals and the freedom to explore this together. This is why, like, Hunter Biden was a member of. Yeah, actually. Hunter Biden was a member of, like, this... I forget how much money he was paying. I think it was, like... uh, Google it. Well, I have it here, so let's finish watching. He got thrown out. Yeah. Out of the sex club. I got something here You gotta be... You gotta have... You got to be really sick to get thrown out yeah, so I got, of a sex club. Let's finish watching because I got that uh, queued up here. It's, it's easy. So look at this uh, club here. I want to bring this to as many cities as I can. Um, I'm going to go slow. You know, it's been, I'm in business And the, now, the years, owner of it is dressed like uh, Hugh Hefner-esque, old school Hugh Hef. Bow tie. So they VIP members pay... It says here, 75 grand. And I'm now only beginning to step into New York. VIP members pay 75 grand annually, which gets you a VIP room access and a sterling silver medallion with the Sanctum emblem. Sterling silver, not even real silver for 75K. New York is, it's a little bit different group. It's similar in LA that we have a group of very impressive people, but here it's definitely people that uh, fly in from around the world. I'm impressed by our membership. They are masters of the universe. 
And they're people who are designing the machines that we use, the cars, the computers. They make the movies that we watch. So you heard what he said here. The people that are members of this group, this, you missed it. I don't know if you heard this, but did you hear what he said? Yeah, we'll play it again. ...that we watch and membership. They are masters of the universe. And they're people who... New York is, it's a little bit different group. It's similar in LA that we have a group of very impressive people, but here it's definitely people that uh, fly in from around the world. I'm impressed by our membership. They are masters of the universe. And they're people who are designing the machines that we use, the cars, the computers. They make the movies that we watch. That's what you're talking about? You heard what he said? That the people... Yeah, the people that design everything. They're the masters of the universe that are, that are members of this club. You know, They design mm. everything. They're the people that watch, uh, uh, make the movies that you watch, design the, the, the computers that you use. All the elites, basically, are go, go to this thing. Because they got money. It says male, not male... Non-members pay $1,875 per party or $1,500 if they come with a female partner. But women are free. It's a highly curated crowd. Um, price point is part of that curation. It's not uh, inexpensive to be here. Beauty has a lot to do with it. The aesthetics of the people that we allow into our club is very important to us. My fantasy is so simple. My fantasy... Although no one will believe it. So I guess no uh, fat people are allowed in there. I guess not. I know how attainable that is, but I think that that is the ultimate commodity. And if you can find your person and find someone that you can truly fall in love with, there's nothing better than that. Okay, so now, so that's Sanctum, right? So... Okay, I get it. it's a sex club, it's a VIP, I get that. It's like eyes wide shut. But, but I why, why, what's with this weird uh, uh, cultish? Cl- cl- uh, eyes wide shut kind of thing, right? Yeah, they even look like Satanists. Right. So you, so you mentioned uh, Hunter Biden, and you said they even look like Satanists, right? So you uh, you mentioned Hunter Biden got kicked out of one of these clubs. Well, it happens to be he was a member of this exact club. That's the the club that he got kicked out of. Really? This exact club. Now, check this out. This is New York Post. The founder of an elite L.A. sex club has reportedly uh, been banned from the X-rated organization he started because he claimed Hunter Biden was once a member. Um, it says uh, Damon Lawner, the founder of Sanctum, outed the first son as an ex-member of the private club in a since-deleted Instagram post. Noting, I canceled his membership after one party because he's a scumbag. <laughs> so imagine uh, you a gotta, scumbag in that party. You have, to, <laughs> you have to be pretty, pretty bad. You have to be a real scumbag. Gotta, exactly. 
you gotta be a, a real scumbag <laughs> to get thrown out of a, a sex club. The if, if the one that we saw that like Satan was out and proud. Could you imagine that? That what could he have been doing? <laughs> That's a good question. You imagine that you get you go you die you go to hell and you get kicked out because you're a scumbag. <laughs> Wow. But that even the devil wants you. <laughs> wow. And this is the this is the guy that Joe Biden said I'm, I'm proud. extremely proud of right, my son. I'm, I'm extremely proud of my son. I mean, what can you do? I mean, he's yeah. a father. He's, he's got he's got to say that, you know, but wow, this yeah. guy, he, he not a not a chicken company. I would like to spend a couple hours with that dude. Well, Hunter, yeah, I'm, the things that he might know, I don't know. But it says here, noting I canceled his membership after because he's a scumbag. Members pay as much as seventy five thousand per year to access Sanctum's higher tier of membership. Oh, that's it. And he sold it. He sold Sanctum for in 2019 for one million dollars. Huh. Relatively cheap. Yeah, for the amount of uh, money that people pay for the membership. But wow. yeah, see, I knew <laughs> I had to do. I should have kept my. <laughs> I, I should have kept with my original train of thought that it was some kind of religious entity or something. Because the whole, why do they have to use? I guess that's I guess that's Satanist. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Totally the opposite so, of what Christ. So teaches. this this guy was trying to gain his way into this sex cult. I don't know why he would get. I I don't know. It would seem to me that that they would embrace him. Who Hunter? Right. I mean, yeah, but he must have done something bad. Just wonder what on earth could he have possibly done. To, to get kicked out of there. But that being said, now also, now that we're on Hunter Biden, um, this week, uh, did you? Because a couple of ca- a couple of episodes ago, we put on because I I we had discussed what the hell is this uh, press briefing all about? Because I I finally sat down to watch a few of them, and I'm like, who is this for? What the hell is this for? Like, nobody, everyone's going along with what, what she has to say. When a reporter, there was one uh, black reporter that was like, hey, you never call on me for anything. I got good questions mm. that you're just avoiding. And everybody just um, jumped on him, right? right? And you're like, no, everybody should um, Pile on and say no. What he said. Answer his question first before we move on. Mm-hmm. Well, they must have heard you because finally, finally, that moment has come with with the secretary of uh-huh. uh, a, a press secretary. Have you heard, have you seen it? No. Oh, oh so you're man. you're in. A, I'm in for a treat. <laughs> yeah. Finally, and of course, I bring it up because. Who's the subject of the question that she doesn't want to talk about? Hunter. Hunter Biden, of course. So here we go. And they are not going to let her uh, get away with this, folks. So just watch. Oh, I'm going <laughs> to love it. Well, 
And then secondly, um, the president invited his son Hunter to the state dinner last night. Um, I'm wondering if you could take us into the thinking and decision-making of why uh, the president decided to invite I, I'm just not going to get into family discussion, personal family discussion. As you know, Hunter is his son. I'm just not going to get into it. Let me ask you this. If, if Hunter Biden wasn't the president's son, would he have invited someone who had just reached a plea agreement with federal prosecutors well, two days Well, a couple of things. Again, that's his son. It's a, he's a family member. It is not uncommon for family members to attend uh, events at the White House. You could look at past presidents. I'm sure you have. So that is not uncommon. Uh, as it relates to anything uh, uh, related to, uh, to Hunter, I'm just not going to respond to it from here. Can I follow up on okay. that? Well, I just called in somebody. Go ahead. Yeah. So, but I mean, so Kirby wouldn't answer James's question, though. Are you going to answer the question? Not a reasonable question to ask no, whether the President I, of the United States was involved, as this message seems to suggest, in some sort of a coercive conversation for business dealings by a son. Is that something, if he wasn't, then maybe you should tell us. So that. here's the thing, I, and I appreciate the question. I believe my colleague uh, at the White House Council uh, has answered this question already, has dealt with this, has uh, uh, made it very clear. I just don't have anything to share outside of what my colleagues have shared, uh, and so I would refer you to him and the, D and the DOJ. Just not going to comment from here. Text I will, all, what I can tell you is I know that my colleague has dealt with this. He, he uh, addressed this at the White House Council. I just don't have anything else to share. I just, I just answered the question. I just answered the question. Yes or no, was the president involved in the shakedown attempt? Stephen, Stephen, I just answered the question. I just said, I just, this is, it's not up to you how I answer the question. I just answered the question by telling you my colleagues at the White House Council. I just answered it by not answering. And I would refer you to them. Go ahead. Can you just remind us what your colleague said from the White House Council? Yes. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would refer you to them, and they will share their statement with all of you. Your statements from that podium. You stated that the president stands by his comment from the 2020 campaign that he never once discussed his son's overseas business dealings with his son. And you stood at that podium, yeah. and you reaffirmed that. Do you stand by your reaffirmation? I, what I will say is nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. And I will leave it there. Anything else, I will refer you to the White House Counsel. This is not a change? I just answered the question. You, <laughs> you just asked me, do, does my statement change? I just told you nothing has changed. That's answering the question. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Stephen, I'm calling on your colleague right now. Go ahead. Thank you. To, to follow up on my colleague, is there anything that you can say with regard to this text message and what the president's son was alleging? Was the president there or not? I would refer you to my colleagues at the White House Council. They have addressed this, and I refer you to them. <laughs> but it goes Whoa. on. This is just a, a, a snippet. I mean, that... that I, would, I thought she was going to be like, you know why I'm getting the hell off this podium. Bye. <laughs> right. I mean, they they really try to get something out of her. Wow. Uh, uh, a previous she statement. Couldn't or, she couldn't even repeat. What they said. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's, it's totally. What are you there who, for? Right. Well, who is this for? If you can't. If every. If all the media is asking you. What this is about. You know what's funny? Because that's what their job is. Their job is to ask you and your job is to answer. Right. But you know what's funny <laughs> about this whole situation? What? Imagine me in a court of law, right? Mm. Let's say I've been accused of, of something. Mm -hmm. And they ask me a question. 
And I'd be like, uh, well, I can't answer that. Um, I'm not going to address that issue. Um, my wife, she says something about that, and that's all I'm going to say. I refer to her. Can you tell me what your wife said? Uh, I, like I said, I'm going to refer to my wife. If you want the answer, you refer to her. <laughs> right. But what? then, but then, okay. So then she kept saying, "I'm going to refer you to her, the to the to the White House, right?" The oh no, because she said what she she did say is, um, that person addressed it that issue, mm-hmm. and he already made a comment on it. Right. So I'm going to give you the comment okay. that, that he has supposedly addressed, and she was talking about John Kirby. Admiral, thank you. Thank you as always, Admiral. Thank you. The House Ways and Means Committee yesterday released documents, their authenticity nowhere challenged. Uh, That included a July 2017 WhatsApp message sent by Hunter Biden to Henry Zhao, a Chinese Communist Party official, which stated in its entirety, and I quote, I am sitting here with my father, and we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand and now means tonight. And Z, if I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang, or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge, that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father, unquote. So just a couple of questions about this. First, does this not undermine Uh, the president's claim during the 2020 campaign and the reaffirmations of that claim by his two press secretaries since then that he never once discussed his son's overseas business dealings with him? No, and I'm not going to comment further on this. We're good. good. (laughs) James, James, let me just, let me save you some, let me save, let me say, let me say. This is his comment. If you're going to ask about this, I am not addressing, I don't, I know you do more than I'd like you to have. I am not going to address this issue from this podium. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Oh, wow. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. So this is why people are asking the questions. Nobody wants to answer it. Oh, wow. And the whole thing is that, you know what the problem is, is that Hunter Biden was doing a business dealing with this, you know, spy cheese for China. And he said that I got my father right here next to me who was the um, vice president at the time. Oh, wow. And he's saying, and I this need... is what that press secretary, what's her name? Karine uh, uh, Jean-Pierre. Jean-Pierre. Yeah. He answered the question. Right. And That's this what, is the answer he is, gave. This is the answer. <laughs> and with that, uh, you didn't hear the bell, but it went off, and we'll go into our next break. What a piece of shit. <laughs> I know. Who is this for? What a piece of shit. Like, you see? This is ridiculous. This is why politics is so dirty. Beyond dirty. It's so dirty. It's it's becoming evident that Joe Biden is crooked. You think? And with that, we'll go into our next break. Wow. They talk about (laughs) All 
right. So for this break, <clears throat> we're going to go and we're going to talk about our, oh, this is our favorite segment. This is the... So That's right. Before we get into that, mm -hmm. so right now, what segment are we on? We already did we're in our we're in our uh, break uh, segment. So we did our ask Ernesto. Okay, so we still have yet to get to current events. Yeah, like one and two. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, going into it here. Um, so uh, we have a bunch of new followers this week. I'll add this to the stream. Uh, Sofia Interna. Bert, 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 Brendis. <laughs> it's hard to say. You are if you, up. If you blow it up, I can help you with something. All right, let me see if I can make this any bigger. The problem with Instagram is the bigger I make it, you see it. Um, my my little screen disappears. You see that little uh, mm. bar. But uh, let's see here. Um, Harry Hoving Jr. You are a oh. uh, Tadashi Moringa. You are a uh, Sol de Sofia. You are a uh, Paola Cardozo, 75. You are a uh, Patrick Dotten House. You are a uh, or Randy, you are a Bolongo. and Valerina underscore Fernandez. You are a Bolongo. Valerina, Valerina, uh, Ansel Mom Mom Stalden. You are a Bolongo. uh, Steve Fur. You are a Bolongo. Rafael.goodoy.79827. You are a Bolongo. Wellington Marks. You are a Bolongo. Elvira Dalgallo. You are a Bolongo. Willinez Lopez. You are a Bolongo. Jao Paulo Rodriguez Lima 710. You are a Bobolongo. And that's all our Bobo Logos for this week. Wow. So how many did we get this week? Uh, so we are, let's look at here. <clears throat> we are at 602 followers. Wow. So last week we were at 590. Today we are at 602. So we and gained 12 new followers this and week. And what about our... So if we go TikTok, what we, what was our TikTok number? Our TikTok number last week was four thousand uh, two hundred and fifteen followers. Okay, so we're up to two thousand. I mean four thousand two hundred and twenty-four. Oh, on, on TikTok. Mm -hmm. All right. So I gotta make this adjustment real quick. Hold on. This is awesome. I I, I really like this. We're we're ticking along here. Um, so for your TikTokers. You are a Bobolongo. <laughs> Bobolongo. Yeah, so... Um, Articulo numero uno. No le des plata. Now, as I uh, amend the numbers here, check a look at this uh, video that I posted. You guys didn't see this 
last week. Um, let me see if I make this smaller so that you guys can see it better. Because oddly enough, the bigger the screen, the smaller the video, whatever. Why that is, I don't know. <clears throat> but uh, this is something I posted on our uh, Instagram. It was about this show called Disjointed, which was a Netflix show. Coincidentally. Ah, yes, 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 yes. W- uh, what's pretty interesting about this show um, that... Uh, most people that are watching will not know is that I, I started watching this show. This show came out in like 2018 around there. I started watching this is with Kathy Bates, right? Right. Yeah. I started watching this show. And at that time I was like, oh man, it looks really nice to be working at a dispensary. Cause this was what the show is about. People working at a dispensary. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this looks really cool. Looking like working at a dispensary. I would, I'd love to see what that, what that's like. And here I am working at a dispensary. What are the odds of that? But not only that, what I'm about to show you, I saw this the first time. And it didn't really click as well. Like it did, of course, because, you know, I've always known about this stuff. But it didn't really like hit home as it does now after everything that we've seen. It, and know, us doing the podcast. And us doing and the podcast and everything. So it's just how odd. It's like it's like if God was a director, because you know how directors like to put little things to foreshadow what mm-hmm. your future is going to be. Like he he put this show as like a little thing to foreshadow what what, what our future was going to be like. But uh, this this so after this um, particular episode was aired, they canceled the show, and uh, you'll see why in a second here. Me, uh, here we go. That's what losers say. <laughs> what is that? The truth. <laughs> Every time a new baby is born, the Federal Reserve issues a secret birth certificate printed by a company called the American Bank. That way, the government can use people as currency to back the debt they have with the World Economic Forum, which owns the central banks of every nation on Earth. But the WEF is just a front for the Council on Foreign Relations, which masterminded the 9-11 attacks as a pretext to invade Iraq, take the oil, and install fast food chains to make people slow, fat, and easily abductable by the shape-shifting reptilian aliens it works with. Now, back in the 30s, FDR made a deal with these reptilians to exchange people for technology. That was the basis of the New Deal. But ever since, they've been slowly replacing all the world leaders to create a nuclear holocaust to make global warming real for their takeover. That's how they made up the Cold War, by sending Laika to space to bite Neil Armstrong while Kubrick was faking the moon landing. Now they're using satellite waves, contrails, and measles vaccines as mind control and fluoridating the water to keep people's gold fillings intact so they can be sent back to, you guessed it, the Federal Reserve where all the gold and birth certificates are stored by the real puppet master, the world monarch, who is himself only the servant of the all-seeing eye who controls everything in the world. I was wrong. What do you think of that analysis? <laughs> right on point. <laughs> I mean, man. it Dovetails with what we talk about literally here. Literally everything. The aliens, you know, how the, the unseen hand, the world monarch. <laughs> it, it really covered everything. And after that particular episode, the show was canceled. How crazy is that, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's like there's a lot of uh, coincidence there. Like they yeah. air, they air that show. And then, boom, they get the axe. Yeah, that's very uh, coincidental. 
Um, and now, with that being said, <clears throat> we also have a couple of uh, over on Twitter. Um, so on Twitter, we've been slowly uh, ticking up here. Um, we now have 24 followers on Twitter, which last week we had, let's see, on Twitter, we had nine followers on Twitter. We gained right. 20 followers on Twitter. So let's uh, let's give them their due. Now, one thing that's really cool here on Twitter that um, we're gonna, I, I would like for us to take advantage of is that we could actually boost this uh, podcast Meaning we could uh, market it and get it out there, like advertise it um, as an ad. Like the whole podcast mm. can be, you know, a, an ad, you know, brought to all the people on Twitter. So hopefully uh, we can gather some funds and, you know, kick a little marketing budget so that we can get this cast out there. But here are some uh, people that follow us on Twitter. So we got Brooke Quas, you are a... Bolongo. Damaris Del Fuente, you are a. Bolongo. Leone Liddy, you are a. Bolongo. Anne McKeans, you are a. Bolongo. Juliana Cura, you are a. Bolongo. Marcella Schmidke, you are a. Bolongo. Haley Frolic, you are a. Bolongo. Josie uh, Brodigan, you are a. Bolongo. Kate Corley, a lot of females. You are a Bolongo. Patricia Varenhorst. You are a Bolongo. Soraya uh, Craner. You are a Bolongo. Sylvania Togni. You are a Bolongo. Piper Mutig. Huh. You are a Bolongo. Uh, can you see these names? Can you help me out here? <laughs> I can't see nothing. All right, let's see. Hold on. Let me, let me see if I can make this uh, any bigger. Hold on. <clears throat> uh, of course. What happened here? <clears throat> uh, we were at um, Michael. Let me see. So like uh, uh, Michael Kawa. You are a Bolongo. Uh, Gladys uh, Waglin. You are a Bolongo. Uh, Lorena. Uh, Leanne Brow. Leanne Brow. See if I can make this, how big I can make this. Okay, that's a little, that's a lot better. Leanne Brow. You are a Bolongo. Catherine St- Stuffle, stuffle beam. You are a Bolongo. Finally, a man. <laughs> Took a while. Blake Banton. Oh, you skipped over Jesse Sweeney. Oh, Jesse Sweeney. Bolongo. Okay, hold on. Before you go on, she made a comment. Combat veteran. Concerns. No, that's that's what that's uh, their little uh, thing. But Jesse Sweeney is a combat veteran, concerned citizen, pro life, and a pro two a. Uh, they are only two genders. Anything else is a delusion, and I won't play along. <laughs> Fight on, Jesse Sweeney. Fight on. Okay, so we said Blake Banton. You are a Bolongo. The Prowler. You are a Bolongo. The Mask. You are a Bolongo. 
And that's all our followers on Twitter for the day. All right. Articulo numero uno. No le des plata, meaning that if you are called out as a bubble longo, we're asking you to go over to our substack. That's theparamid.com. And I'll type that in for you right here live in the cast. If you just type in theparamid.com. That's all it takes, folks. Just theparamid.com, and it'll bring you right over to our Substack. Right there, you can see all the wonderful things that we have for you, including documentaries and then some. Also, you get to see the little bat signal that we send out when we go live because it goes. Uh, it's not on the same time every every Tuesday. You know, the life gets in the way, so you got to get that bat signal to know when we go live. Um, and you get to see all access to all our podcasts, podcast videos, our reports, and that's those anomalies, movie reviews, secret library, and so on. All that is available at theparamid.com. So join our cast, and remember, we rely on your donations. We rely on your value for value. So if you purchase anything on our site, um, it helps this podcast Tremendously on. That's and right. now that we're on this subject, why don't you play a little bit about what uh our paramount supplements are all about? Oh uh, well I'll have to play that for the next uh uh break because uh we ran out of time here. So let's So are we now heading to current events one? That's right, and we're moving along to the next segment. So, uh, with the Ask uh, Pablo threw us off a little bit, off well, me off my game a little bit, because um, uh, we had uh, uh, gone a little bit down the rabbit hole with that one. Um, the transgender community always gets us uh, riled up. But, uh, that being said, we have some breaking news here. Now, going again um, with more current events, you also have uh, the big thing that's going on is you know Hunter Biden and and, and the Biden uh, story here. Um, now, one of the things that uh, that is alleged with uh, Joe Biden is that he's being paid off from the CCP, right? Because mm-hmm. through Hunter Biden, you know, this is why it's a big deal that he was saying that my father's right here next to me because apparently Joe Biden says he was never in. Involved in any of Hunter Biden's dealings, but that implicates him right there. Mm-hmm. Now, Tucker Carlson has been. Uh, have you seen any of his work that he's been doing? I've seen some on Twitter. Yeah, he's been chucking along. Did you see his latest uh, stuff? His latest uh, reports? Uh, not the latest report. Last report I I saw had to deal with uh, with the Titan. Ah, you saw something with the Titan? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this one uh, that I have here is a quick one. Um, and I don't know, let's see what he He titled it, um, let's see, uh, as in most of the developing world, it's safer to be the president's son than his opponent. <laughs> so this guy, Tucker Carlson, has been on Twitter, and he's going out swinging, you know, not holding anything back. So... I have a little something from Tucker Carlson, and I'll link that into the question that I had for you earlier, which is how much does it cost 
to buy a politician. Mm. You said 500000 right? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I have an answer for that. So we'll uh, hopefully we can squeeze them both in in this segment here. Hey, it's Tucker Carlson. This spring, word began to circulate in Washington that the House Oversight Committee, under its new chairman, Congressman Jamie Comer, had discovered criminal behavior after reviewing thousands of pages of the Biden family's bank records. Now, publicly, to the extent they responded at all, the White House dismissed the investigation as, of course, politically motivated. In any case, irrelevant. Hunter Biden was an adult, so his business dealings had nothing at all to do with his father, in this case, the President of the United States. But in private, everybody understood it wasn't quite that simple. There has long been overwhelming evidence that Joe and Hunter Biden's financial lives are not separate at all, but deeply intertwined. On Hunter Biden's laptop, there's a suggestion that the two of them, even at one point, shared a bank account. And of course, Hunter Biden wrote himself that he kicked back cash from his foreign business deals to his father. He wrote that bitterly. So the Oversight Committee's investigation was potentially a disaster for the White House, a scandal possibly even the prelude to criminal charges. So in order to get ahead of all of that, Joe Biden's handlers did the one thing they could do. They set up an MSNBC interview to preemptively whitewash whatever Jamie Comer might find. Here's the result of that. This aired on May 5th. Sir, there is something personal that's affecting you. Your son, while there's no ties to you, could be charged by your Department of Justice. How will that impact your presidency? First of all, my son's done nothing wrong. I trust him. This is what you were talking about before. And it impacts my presidency by making me feel proud of him. Okay, time for the master class for free. You can audit it. Here it goes. Sir, showing appropriate respect, says the shill. There is something personal that's affecting you. Note the wording. Personal, not of public concern. Nothing law enforcement might be interested in. But personal, a sad family tragedy. That's the framing. And then this a sentence choreographed to the letter. Your son, while there's no ties to you, could be charged by your Department of Justice. Got that? Well, there's no tie to you. So the answer is in fact in the question. Whatever Hunter Biden goes down for, and we know he is gonna be charged because MSNBC said so, but when that happens, that's Hunter's problem. It's got nothing to do with Joe Biden. Rest easy, America. Five days later, the Oversight Committee released its findings, and they were, in fact, devastating. Quote, bank records show the Biden family, their business associates, and their companies, their many companies, received over $10 million from foreign nationals and their related companies, the committee wrote. Investigators had, quote, identified payments to Biden family members from foreign companies while Joe Biden served as vice president and after he left public office. So actually, there was something there. It was a scandal. Racketeering, money laundering, wire fraud, those are some of the crimes the Bidens seem to have committed, in addition, of course, to selling out the United States for cash. So that's that's a good uh, sum up of what uh, this report was going around. So uh, what do you think about this? Like, you know, Joe Biden has this, uh, is basically caught red-handed you think he's ever going to get, uh, mm, I mean, Joe and it'll, Hunter. It all depends if the Republicans go hard on him. But I, I I, don't see, I do not see uh, any indictments 
or impeachments. That they don't want to be in the news. Sorry about that. You I don't, don't see any indictments or any impeachments. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're th- biased. Yeah, they're biased. They're, they're very not. biased. Yeah, you're right. So at the same time that all this is going on, where when they discover, God forgive if Trump would have had something like that. Oh, forget it. He'd be in jail already. They're trying to get him in jail now. So, um, but I think this has more meat and potatoes than what they're really charging. Yeah, him yeah. But um, so they have this uh, story getting pushed out in the media with this Titan, you know, uh, the the submarine that went missing, and all, everything is about the submarine that went missing. The clock, the clock, you know, 96 hours before they run out of air and all these things. That was all bullshit. All bogus, right? But that at the same time that this is going on, something very big also happened. Um, Project Veritas, which is uh, um, the, the group... Uh, the news media uh, conglomerate, I don't know what the the media conglomerate that they created uh, by uh, this guy, James O'Keefe. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the guy that uh, caught Pfizer, uh, the Pfizer exec saying, oh, that all oh, that we create viruses and all these other mm-hmm. things. Well, they kicked him out of the O'Keefe, uh, the, the Project Veritas group um, because of that incident because he was like uh confronting this guy or whatever so he goes out and he creates his own group right again his he started project veritas they tick they kicked him out so he started another one this one he calls it omg o'keefe media group right Mm -hmm. um he is still doing his uh credible and very amazing journalism um getting uh, these people that are, you know, behind closed doors running things like Pfizer to admit some very interesting things like he did for Pfizer. Mm-hmm. Now, the company that he's going that uh, he found some dirt on is a company that uh, we've been uh, very interested in for a long time. And uh, we've been mentioning this company quite a lot. Um and I'm gonna. I'm not gonna flat out state the company. I'm gonna actually um, do a little uh, the same experiment that we always do when this company comes uh, into question, or when this, this company comes up. I go over to Yahoo Finance and I type in let's get uh, let's name a company here. Um, so this company is uh, is hidden. So. But it's in everything. So let's just name a company. Name any company. Just think a company out of your top of your head. Doesn't matter what company. Just pick a company. Um, Apple. Okay, Apple. All right. So we go to Apple A A P L on Yahoo Finance. That's the ticker A A P L. Right. You go over. You slide all the way over to uh, holders. And when you scroll down, you see a pattern starts to form. The top institutional holders are Vanguard, BlackRock, and Berkshire Hathaway. Now, give me another name, any other name. 
Okay, uh, Lockheed Martin. Okay, Lockheed Martin. So go over to Lockheed Martin. Again, you go over to holders and you scroll down. And what do you find? You find State Street, Vanguard, and BlackRock. Give me another one. And any, any any company, just any sector. McDonald's. McDonald's. Perfect. McDonald's Corporation. MCD. Happy birthday, Grimace. <laughs> so you go over to holders, right? And let's see, where is it? You go over here to holders. This is Yahoo Finance, folks. And top institutional holders, Vanguard, BlackRock, State Street. So you start to see the pattern here. So this report is on this company here, BlackRock. BlackRock is a secret company that's not so secret. I mean, they're... Not anymore, anyway. Not anymore. But they, if you start to notice, they're in every single corporation that you can think of. Every corporation, they own... A, a majority, piece. not just a piece, but a majority share. Yeah, they're the top three. They're in the top three. The top three of most of these corporations, right? So this guy, uh, James O'Keefe, uh, with his excellent journalism, went ahead and found somebody, a recruiter for one of the, for BlackRock. And uh, this is what he has to tell people, which is, Quite fascinating. I think you're really going to enjoy this um, because this is this is bombshell. Well, to me, it may not be so bombshell, but this is bombshell news to confirm my suspicions. Obviously, I knew this was going on, but this really confirms our suspicions here. So check this out. I don't want to be in the news. They they don't want people to talk about them. They don't want to be anywhere on the radar. Why not? I don't know, but I suspect it's probably because it's easier to do things when people aren't thinking about it. All of these financial institutions, they buy politicians. You can take this big ton of money, and then you can start to buy people. I work for a company called BlackRock. Meet Serge Varley, a recruiter at BlackRock. Let me tell you, it's not through who's the president. It's, it's who's controlling the, the wallet. So it's, it's the and who's that? The hedge funds, the banks. These guys are campaign financing. Yep, you can buy your candidates. Obviously, we have the system place. First, there's the senators. And these guys are rich. You got 10 grand, you can buy some. I can give you 10 grand? Right 10 that. grand. Yeah. <laughs> Ten grand I buy a senator. I could give you five hundred K right now. What did it say? It says uh at first senators, these guys are cheap. You got ten ten grand, you could buy a senator. You got ten grand, you can buy a senator. I could give you five hundred K right now. No questions asked. Yeah. I didn't do this. Does like everybody do that? Does Blackhawk do that? It doesn't matter who wins. They're they're my Here's Serge Varley on how good war is for BlackRock's business. Do you have any um, thoughts on the Ukraine-Russia war? Yeah, I mean, I, I do have thoughts. What, what are they? Ukraine is good for business. 
you know, right? I'll give an example. Russia, Russia blows up Ukraine's grain silos. Price of wheat's gonna go mad up. The Ukrainian economy is tied very largely to the wheat market, global wheat market. Prices of bread and you know, it literally everything is it goes up now. This is fantastic if you're trading. Volatility creates opportunity to make profit. War is real f***ing good for, for business. It's exciting when shit goes wrong. So, so, so what he's exposing is war is good for business because if they blow up a grain silo, then the cost they, of grain they go, could charge more for their for goes the, up. So if you load up as a trader, you know that that's what's going on. If you load up on grain commodity stock, you can make a killing. You can make a killing. I and it's predictable. We, we all know that war, this is why war happens, because it's a very lucrative entity. Right. You know, that's why Vietnam, Vietnam wasn't going anywhere. Vietnam... It was we, a farce from the beginning. If we wanted to take Vietnam, mm. we could have done that in less than a year. Because our firepower, our our military, outpowered them. A far superior. Mm. But I've talked to many Viet Vietnam vets, mm. and when you ask them what did you th what do you think about what happened in Vietnam? Mm. First thing out their mouth, and I've already asked three. Okay, is that we fought this war like this, with one arm behind their back, one hand tied behind their back, mm. because every time they they made progress, they will stop them right there, and then they retreated, mm. and it was like a game, like they were like more or less like crabs. Well, they got in there because of the Gulf of Tonkin incident, which was a, a false flag situation. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing was that they were preventing communism mm -hmm. from infiltrating uh, um, Vietnam, North Vietnam. And once France abandoned the, that offensive, we went in. Mm -hmm. But... We went in not to win the war. We went in to milk it. Right. It was just a milking process so that they can bolster the economy. So these troops went in there wanting to finish this and win the war. Mm -hmm. And they were always stopped. When they made progress, they were always stopped. And every every vet that I've met, they always say the same thing. They put their hands behind their back and said, one hand behind their back, and they say, this is how we fought the war, with one hand tied behind our backs. So I just looked up uh, the Gulf of Tonkin incident, um, and I'll add this to the stream in here. It says, the Gulf of Tonkin incident refers to two separate confrontations involving the United States and the North Vietnam that occurred in the Gulf of Tonkin in 1964. These incidents played a significant role in, in escalating U.S. involvement in the Vietnam War. The first incident is known as the Gulf of Tonkin incident, took place on August 2, 1964. The U.S. Navy destroyer USS Maddox 
on an intelligence gathering mission reported being attacked by North Vietnamese torpedo boats. The Maddox returned fire and successfully evaded the attackers. The second incident, known as the Gulf of Tonkin Resolution, occurred August 4, 1964. There were reports of another attack on the USS Maddox and the USS Turner Joy, although later investigations and evidence raised doubts about the veracity of the second attack. Following these incidents, the U.S. government used them as justification to seek a broader military commitment in Vietnam. The U.S. Congress swiftly passed the Gulf of Tonkin Resolution, which granted President Lyndon B. Johnson the authority to use military force in Southeast Asia. Without formal declaration of war, this resolution marked a significant turning point as it provided the legal basis for the escalation of U.S. involvement in the Vietnam War. In the later years, it was revealed, though, the, uh, through uh, declassified documents and investigations that the second attack on August 4, 1964, was likely a case of misinterpretation and overreaction to sonar and radar signals rather than an actual attack. This revelation sparked debates and criticisms of the U.S. government's handling of the incident and its role in escalating the Vietnam War. That was all bullshit. They wanted to go in. (laughs) They needed an excuse, and they used that excuse. Yeah, so... That's all BS. Yeah, so, I mean... Yeah, they they use these uh, things, but let's let's go... They use war as a a means of uh, generating profit. But let's uh, let's hear what the rest of what this guy has to say, because he reveals pretty interesting things from BlackRock. Right. BlackRock manages 20 trillion. It's incomprehensible numbers. BlackRock Serge Varley says all of this is above a normal person's understanding. You're like an re- undercover reporter. I don't know. No, no, no people don't give a shit. This is this is beyond them. The whole thing of like domination from a concept is just so interesting. Hi, I'm James O'Keefe with OMG News. Here we are with our latest story, this time on BlackRock, one of the world's leading asset and investment managers, which owns significant shares of companies like Amazon, Microsoft, Anheuser Busch. Meta, Target, Procter and Gamble, Comcast, CNN, Fox, and yes, Pfizer, just to name a few. At OMG, we do not shy away from exposing powerful companies, and we're not afraid of powerful people. So we decided to take a look for ourselves at the influence BlackRock has on our politics and the influence they have on our culture. So to do that, what better place to start a hidden camera investigation than into a self-described Gatekeeper at BlackRock. Like you're kind of like a f-ing gatekeeper at BlackRock. Yeah, I am. I, I decide people's fates every f-ing day. I literally decide how somebody's life is going to be shaped. That's so powerful. I love it. Yeah, it's. it's I don't know the, the whole thing of like domination from a concept is just it's, it's so interesting. Introducing Serge Varley whose LinkedIn says he's worked for Morgan Stanley, Citadel, and now as a recruiter at BlackRock. I work for uh, a company called BlackRock. Uh, I'm not actually a finance guy. 
I just, I know what happens because I'm recruiting people who do these things. Mm -hmm. I'm the person who headhunts people from other firms, so I would approach you and be like, hey, this is a good reason why you should come work for us. Surge tells us who really runs the world, how they do it, and just how much it costs to buy people, like politicians. Let me tell you, it's not Trump who is the president. It's who's controlling the, the wallet. Which is what we knew the whole time. Mm -hmm. It's who controls the wallet of the president. So it's, it's the, and who's that? Like, the hedge funds. These guys run the world. So those are the level of which which we heard in the disjointed episode. The financial people mm, are over the are over the government, which there's a, a global monarch over the financial people, which therefore over him you have the unseen eye, right? The mm. all seen eye rather. So, yeah, I mean, this guy, I mean, this is a long report and uh, we have to go to a break. But uh, what do you think of this? I mean, he's not telling me anything that I didn't know. I just didn't know. Right. But at least it's, it's confirmation. It's not. It's, no, it's conf I just like I was about to say, I just didn't know. I knew things like this was ha happening behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know that it was BlackRock. Mm. That was doing these things Yeah And uh, a lot of people I would say the majority of people Are not even familiar With who With Black BlackRock Rock. Right And if, if you just do Like what we did Start thinking of companies And you'll start to realize That they own a lot And what they're saying That they're doing Is they're shaping people's lives <laughs> So with that being said It's time for another break All right, in this uh, break segment, we're going to bring to you some astrological and weather reporting. So um, this reporting is brought to you by weather.com. All right, so if you would like uh, to sponsor us or to promote the show go over to theparamid.com don't forget to buy a brain boost or an optimal for your brain and for your body uh, one of the side effects or, or pro effects of the brain boost is that it's actually great for your gut health I've had a lot of good uh, uh, feedback about the, the gut health of uh of the people that have been taking it They've been uh, seeing an improvement Myself included And it also helps with uh, migraines And many other things Turkey tail is a, uh, helps with cancers um, And turkey tail is one of the 10 different mushrooms um, That are in this gummy So check this out folks That being said Let's go into our uh, weekly forecast Now throughout the country uh, Let's see here Today throughout the country And today is uh, June 27, 2023 You got uh, 60, 63 degrees in San Francisco 77 in Los Angeles 
108 degrees in Phoenix, um, 104 degrees in San Antonio, 98 degrees in Brownsville. 104 degrees? Uh-huh, in San Antonio. Yeah. And 108 degrees in El Paso. You have... Uh, 80, 108 degrees? 108 degrees, that's right. My Lord. Um, and then over on the West Coast, 76 in Seattle, 88 in uh, Medford, California, you got uh, 63 in San Francisco, 83 in Salt Lake City, 100 in Las Vegas. You got uh, 97 in Oklahoma City. Uh, it looks like partly cloudy, sunny skies throughout most of the country today. Um, and you have on the East Coast, you have um, Cincinnati, 79 degrees. Uh, it looks like Charlotte, uh, uh, North Carolina, you got 88 degrees. Uh, Norfolk, uh, you got uh, 87 degrees. Um, Washington, uh, D.C., 83 degrees and rainy. You got uh, New York, 78 degrees and sunny. It's Boston, 77 degrees and cloudy. Um, and then uh, Caribou, uh, Maine, you have 71 degrees and rainy. So that's your weather throughout the, uh, the United States. And here's the weather in our neck of the woods. So you got here... Uh, there are 10 day uh, forecast here so you got uh, tomorrow you're gonna uh, you got 81 degrees this is in uh, the western Massachusetts area uh, tomorrow 81 degrees uh, high with a low of 65 scattered thunderstorms uh, 59 percent chance of rain uh, Thursday 83 degrees 63 degrees is a low p.m showers 30 percent chance. Uh, Friday, 85 degrees high, low of 64, partly cloudy. Uh, Saturday, 83 degrees high, low of 66. Uh, chance of rain, 24%, mostly cloudy. Uh, Sundays, high of 76 degrees, low of 66. Scattered thunderstorms on Sunday. Monday, 83, 80 degrees, rather, uh, low of 64. Scattered thunderstorms. And on Tuesday, podcast day, 86 degrees with a low of 66 and isolated thunderstorms with a 32% chance of rain. And I really your- believe that the, the the seasons have shifted. Yeah, I think so too. I think we're not really in summer yet. We're still going through the spring. And summer will come in like mid-July. And then it'll go... Uh, summer will end, but it'll still be hot during the the later part of October. So I right. think for some reason that, you know, maybe the pole shift that the seasons have changed. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, again, I think it's because most people don't realize that um, uh, the solar system, you know, when you picture the solar system, you see the sun in the middle, the planets going around the sun, but it's not stagnant in a, in a, in a spot, in the same spot in space. If you look at uh, the solar system from the side, you'd see that the sun is like rolling or moving somewhere and the planets are like orbiting, but they're like trailing behind it. Right. So you have to describe that again. So you have the sun in front. Mm -hmm. Right. And then the planets are basically orbiting like as like a like a comet trail behind it. Mm-hmm. Right, that's how it looks like from the side. But when we see it in science class and everything, it looks like you know it's stagnant in a in a spot. Like it, the sun is in no, one spot. All universes 
are moving. Right. So the sun is, if you look at the universe from the side, the sun is actually out in front and it looks like a comet. Right. You have the sun in front and all these uh, the planets trailing behind it. Mm -hmm. Right. So it could be that we are in a different look because we're in a different location in space because the actual Milky Way is also rotating. Right. It could be that we are just in a different spot in space and it might just be hotter in this particular region of space. And then my I was discussing this with one of my coworkers and they're like, yeah, well, how could it be hotter and isn't space cold? But I was like, yeah, but the stars create heat, don't they? Right, because we got one star here, and it, it creates heat. And there's millions and billions of these stars out in space. It could be that we're closer to one cluster of stars that might have made this area of space warmer than the area we just left. Um, I'm yeah, but uh, warmer or just different. Warmer meaning it could be just like by by just a minimal amount it, uh, who it knows could be like maybe half of the of a degree difference right it'll make a difference here on earth right but fascinating thing is we having another gigantic asteroid passing by earth and i believe it's today mm. uh i'm trying to look up um a cosmic uh forecast what do they this how what would you call that? A cosmic, uh, a forecast of the of the. What do you want to know? Like what's going to well, happen? Yeah, in what's the happening skies? in the sky? Astrological. Yeah. Uh, let's see, sad mag. Let's see, what's sad? Uh, well, this is cosmic forecast. Uh, oh, this is more like uh, uh. Uh, astrology i'm i'm looking more at like what's actually going to be oh here, space weather uh let's see i'm not really seeing anything that you know like what what, what are we going to see in the skies this week are we going to see any uh asteroids this week what what are we expecting to see in the skies this week so that we we're we're not confusing a uh, regular explainable phenomena for ufos uh mm, okay I, let me see what i can find uh i mean if uh cosmic forecast is what i have here uh let me see uh space forecast perhaps uh space weather prediction let's see uh no Hmm. Space weather. Interesting. Uh they have space weather? Yes, it's uh National Weather uh, today's space weather. Okay, let's see what this is. Um Space weather is becoming a very important aspect of the National Weather Service and will continue to grow as we gain a better understanding of the physical processes of the sun and their effects on the earth as well as in space. Space weather can have significant effects to humans on Earth as well as in space due to the growing number of satellites in space. Power grids on Earth use global positioning systems as well as commuter air travel and space travel. Uh, click the image below for more information on the latest weather satellite. 
Mm. All right, so I got something here. Okay. This week's sky at a glance. Venus Venus almost meets Mars in the western twilight, mm. then runs away. Vega and Arcturo become equally balanced across the zenith. Down from Vega hangs the summer triangle. So this week at a you know, oh this was um this is for this week. I this is last week, which we said the the Leo was prominent. Now we are Virgo comes into play. Now let's see what we get. Uh, Sky at a Glance, Sky's Telescope Weekly Observing Update is published every Friday. So this got a, this is going to be our Astro- weekly astrological uh, forecast. Yeah, so we can go to Sky and Telescope. Okay. Um, so let's see what they have to say. Um, whenever your skies are clear, check out Sky. At a glance to find out what's happening in tonight's sky. So, it says here, supernova in pinwheel galaxy. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Supernova usually stay bright for weeks. Sometimes with a surprise variation through this one has shown none yet. So, Mm. Friday... June 23rd, so we are on Monday the 26th, Tuesday the 27th. Let's see what's on for tonight. The central skies of the little constellation of Lyra forming a small triangle and a parallelogram dangle lower right from the bright Vega high in the east. The two brightest stars of this pattern after Vega are two forming on the bottom of the parallelogram, Beta and Gamma Lyra. They are currently lined up vertically. Beta is on top. So they have a lot of things like Thursday, the moon tonight shines about two thirds of the way from, from Spica, way off its right, and Antares way off to the left. And they say for Friday, June 30th, Mars and Venus are now at their minimum separation for this apparition, 3.6 degrees apart, as shown below. So remember when we thought that we were watching the satellite? Yeah, Artemis. Artemis. So the same thing's happening again, where Venus will be right below... Mm. So, let, so let, now we have something to compare it to. So let me let me let me uh, uh, read this again. Mars and Venus are now minimum. Oh, I'm sorry. I, uh, not the moon is Mars. Mm. Mars and Venus are now at their minimum separation, as shown below. Mars will remain in low twilight view for more than a month to come. Venus will drop away faster. So when you look up at the sky, you're going to see a little orange dot, Mm. right? Right below Leo. Okay. And then 
the bright star towards the lower right-hand side is Venus. Mm. And again, for people that don't know the difference between stars and planets, stars twinkle. Planets don't. Mm. In the sky. So In the can... sky, yeah. And that's so, uh, a nice oh, little... Oh, give me, give me one more chance. It says whenever Mars moves into some general part of the sky as vivid... As vivid Venus, Mars dwindles into a puny, pathetic little thing. Why does this happen? Let's see. It's because Venus is an inner planet, so we can never see it very far from the sun in our sky. Mars is an outer planet, so when we see it anywhere near Venus, i.e. not very far from the sun, it's on the far side of its orbit from us, nearly as nearly as distant as it can ever get. Mm. Okay, so yeah, so uh, we got to chart, you know, um, recruit these guys as part of our weekly uh, yeah, uh, sky and st- sky telescope. watching news. <laughs> write it down, sky and telescope. All right, and with that said, it's time for our next segment. So I was going to go with our uh, current events uh, segment too, but we're going to have to move along here because unfortunately what I had for our second current events um, is going to, we fell a little bit behind the cast here with the Ask Pablo. We really went down a rabbit hole and took us a little bit of time here. So that being said, I'm going to skip on down to our first conspiracy segment. Mm -hmm. And in this segment, I have something very explosive a pretty long report but please uh those of you listening hear it to the very end um because this is um is crucial this is exactly what i've what i've known for a long time this isn't for me this isn't breaking news but this explains exactly what we went through the last three years how it got there what happened the truth Folks, the truth is going to be revealed in this segment. Okay, so prepare yourself, strap in, and I'm talking about. Oh, this guy's coming back again. Okay, saco papa, si venga lo que tu quiera. Que haga lo que yo quiera. Te voy a tirar para el lago de fuego. Bueno. All righty here. So this is um, a testimony. This is uh, in UK Parliament. And Dr. this is Dr. David Martin. Um, he's a very uh, uh, well-credentialed uh, doctor. And he is going to uh, speak to the European Parliament. Now, what he's going to say is... A bombshell, folks. So listen carefully. And, I mean, for for us, it might seem like, you know, oh, we know of this already, blah, blah, blah. But this is confirmation that, that for a long time we were being labeled 
conspiracy theorists and we were being labeled like, oh, this is misinformation. Now, the finally, the true facts that what we've been saying all along is finally coming out to the people that need to hear it, which is in parliament, which is in Senate, which is in high places of power and in the media so that we can actually report on it to you guys. So here's Dr. David Martin, and he explains exactly what's going on. And he calls this, the, the title of this video it is enough to give you pause. It says, COVID is genocide, a mm. biological warfare crime, according to Dr. David Martin. And he's going to explain it to the T why he says this. All right, so for people that are on Facebook watching through my feed, now I'm going to switch over to TikTok. Sorry, Mom, we're going to be switching to TikTok now. I love you, and I will talk to you tomorrow, Mom. Okay. <laughs> All right, so for those that you are watching on Facebook, please uh, check us out at theparamedshop.com. You can see the live stream there uninterrupted. We encourage you to share the live stream to as many people as you as possible. And uh, if we get 100 live viewers on the cast via theparamedshop.com, the uh, once we've reached 100 viewer, the first comment gets a free bottle of Paramin vitamins. So please, folks, share the links. Get us up to 100 people watching live. Now, with that being said, Let's move on to this very bombshell report. Very big report here. It is a it is a particularly interesting location for me to be sitting today given that over a decade ago, I sat in this very chair right here in the European Union Parliament. And at that time, I warned the world of what was coming. Uh, during that conversation that was hosted at the time by the Green and EFA and a number of the other parties of the European Union's uh, various representations, we were having a conversation on whether Europe should adopt the United States policy of allowing for the patents on biologically derived materials. And at the time, I urged this body and I urged people around the world that the weaponization of nature against humanity had dire consequences. Tragically, I sit here today um, with that unfortunate line that I don't like to say, which I told you so. But the fact of the matter is we're here not for a reprisal on past decisions. We're here to actually once again come to the face of the human condition and ask the question, who do we want to be? What do we want humanity to look like? And rather than seeing this as an exercise in futility, which is very easy from time to time when you're in the position I'm in, I actually see this not as an exercise in futility. I see this as one of the greatest opportunities that faces us because we now have a public conversation. 
which is now front and center in people's minds. When this was an esoteric conversation about biological patents, nobody cared. But when that conversation came home, then it became something people can care about. So I'm actually quite grateful for this opportunity. I thank the members of parliament for hosting this. I thank all of the translators who I apologize in advance. I will use terminology that is probably very difficult to translate. So my apologies. And I'd also like to acknowledge the fact that many of you are aware of my involvement with this, in large part due to the amazing work of my wonderful wife, Kim Martin, who encouraged me at the very early days of this pandemic to get on front of the camera and talk about all the information that I had been sharing among very small groups around the world. And it was, in fact, her encouragement that put me in a place where many of you have heard what I have to say. Ironically, the world that I came from that used to be very popular, my CNBC and Bloomberg presentations, which were televised on mainstream media around the world, was an audience that I lost. I, I can confidently say COVID diminished my fame. But I can also confidently say that I'd rather stand among the people with whom I'm standing today than any of the folks that were part of that previous world. So this is a much better place to be. My role today is to set the stage for this conversation in a historical context, because this did not come in the last three years. This did not come in the last five or six years. This actually is an ongoing question that probably began here in Europe in the early stages of the mid-1900s, but certainly... By 1913, 1914, this conversation. So he's saying this is much older, much older. In the 1913s is when the start of this COVID El Cuco narrative began. Mm -hmm. started right here in Central Europe. The pandemic that we alleged to have happen in the last few years also did not happen overnight. In fact, the very specific pandemic using coronavirus began in a very different time. And we'll try to advance the slides here with one of these things. Unfortunately, folks, we never get oh, to see there the, we go. the slides. Most of you don't know that coronavirus as a model of a pathogen was isolated in 1965. Coronavirus was identified in 1965 as one of the first infectious replicatable viral models that could be used to modify a series of other experiences of the human condition. It was isolated once upon a time associated with the common cold. But what's particularly interesting about its isolation in 1965 was that it was immediately identified as a pathogen that could be used and modified for a whole host of reasons. And you heard me correctly, that was 1965. And by the way, these slides are public domain. You're welcome to look at every single reference. Every comment that I made is based on published material. So do make sure that you look at those references. But in 1966, the very first COV coronavirus model was used as a transatlantic biological experiment in human manipulation. And you heard the date, 1966. I hope you're getting the point of what I'm saying. 
This is not an overnight thing. This is actually something that's been long in the making. A year before I was born, we had the first transatlantic coronavirus data sharing experiment between the United States and the United Kingdom. And in 1967, the year I was born, we did the first human trials on inoculating people with modified coronavirus. Isn't that amazing? 56 years ago, the overnight success of a pathogen that's been 56 years in engineering. And I want that to chill with all of you. Where were we when we actually allowed, in violation of biological and chemical weapons treaties, where were we as a human civilization when we thought it was an acceptable thing to do to take a pathogen for the United States and infect the world with it? Where was that conversation? And what should have been that conversation in 1967? That conversation wasn't had. Ironically, the common cold was turned into a chimera in the 1970s. And in 1975, 1976, and 1977, we started figuring out how to modify coronavirus by putting it into different animals, pigs and dogs. And not surprisingly, by the time we got to 1990, we found out that coronavirus as an infectious agent was an industrial problem for two primary industries, the industries of dogs and pigs. Dog breeders and pigs found that coronavirus created gastrointestinal problems, and that became the basis for Pfizer's first spike protein vaccine patent filed, are you ready for this, in 1990. Did you hear what I just said? 1990, Operation Warp Speed, I'm sorry, Where's the warp and the speed? Pfizer, 1990, the very first spike protein vaccine for coronavirus. Isn't that fascinating? Isn't it fascinating that we were, we were told that, well, the spike protein is a new thing. We just found out that that's the problem. No. As a matter of fact, we didn't just find out it was not just now, now the problem. We found that out in 1990 and filed the first patents on vaccines in 1990 for the spike protein of coronavirus. And who would have thought? Pfizer. Clearly the innocent organization that does nothing but promote human health. <laughs> Clearly Pfizer. Yeah, right. The organization that has not bought the votes in this chamber and in every chamber of every <laughs> government around the world. Right. Not that Pfizer. No. Certainly they wouldn't have had anything to do with this. The Pfizer who has bought almost but, oh, yes, every they did. commercial. And in nineteen ninety they found out that there was a problem media. with vaccines. They didn't work. You know why they didn't work? It turns out that coronavirus is a very malleable model. It transforms and it changes and it mutates over time. As a matter of fact, every publication on vaccines for coronavirus from 1990 until 2018, every single publication concluded that coronavirus escapes the vaccine impulse because it modifies and mutates too quickly for vaccines to be effective. And since 1990 to 2018, that is the published science, ladies and gentlemen. That's following the science. Following the science is their own indictment of their own programs that said it doesn't work. 
So inoculation and there doesn't are thousands- work. Right. Because it is it, it it mutates to escape the vaccine. And it mutates that fast? Yeah. Look what happened. We've gotten to Omicron <laughs> variants uh, in three years. So and these more. vaccines that they're pushing upon the public. Useless. Useless. Totally, utterly useless. But or it, does it help but listen, but in the severity of the of the infection? Listen to what he has to say because not only were the vaccines another prong of the of the attack here, but the virus itself, folks. Listen, the virus itself Because we all know before this pandemic coronavirus was around. Right. I mean, this is no secret. But this is that's not what it's he's It's even on the back of Lysol cans. Right, but that's not what he's saying here. What he's saying is that we isolated this. And let let him let him finish No, he, I know what he's saying. He's saying that we uh been toying around with this for a long time. Right. To the point that we've even done animal experiments right and more let's let's hear what he has to say about this it's a publications to that effect not a few hundred and not paid for by pharmaceutical companies these are publications that are independent scientific research that shows unequivocally including efforts of the chimera modifications made by ralph barrick in the university of north carolina chapel hill all of them show vaccines do not work on coronavirus that's the science. And that science has never been disputed. But then we had an interesting development in 2002. And this date is most important. Because in 2002, the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, patented, and I quote, an infectious replication defective clone of coronavirus. Listen to those words, infectious replication defective. What does that phrase actually mean? For those of you not familiar with language, let me unpack it for you. What do you think it means? Uh, Let him say it again. Infectious replication defective. Infectious replication defective. defective. Infectious replication defective. So, a rep... the virus replicates and then it's defective? It's infectious, replication, replicate, replication defective. Infectious, replication defective. Which well, means that it doesn't affect. Well, I'll, he'll give it to you. Hmm. Infectious, replication defective means a weapon. Oh, it means something meant to target an individual, but not have collateral damage to other individuals. That's what infectious replication defective means. And that patent was filed in 2002 on work funded by NIAID's Anthony Fauci from 1999 to 2002. And that work patented at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, mysteriously preceded SARS 1.0. By a year. <gasps> Dave, are you suggesting that SARS 1.0 oh, 
wasn't from a wet market in Wuhan? Are you suggesting it might have come from a laboratory in the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill? No, I'm not suggesting it. I'm telling you that's the facts. We engineered SARS. SARS is not a naturally occurring phenomenon. The naturally occurring phenomenon is called the common cold. It's called influenza-like illness. It's called gastroenteritis. That's the naturally occurring coronavirus. SARS is the research developed by humans weaponizing a life system model to actually attack human beings. And they patented it in 2002. And this is in UK in Parliament. Giant surprise. The CDC filed the patent on coronavirus isolated from humans in violation, once again, of biological and chemical weapons treaties and laws that we have in the United States. And I'm Pause very, it. very. Because I'm over here trying to get this replication defect of uh, meaning. It says replication defective means the critical portions of the viral genome have been removed such that the viral vector can no longer replicate. Right. So it's infectious. It's supposed to be able to infect, but not infect others. So it's an infectious replication defective means that you can direct this, um, this virus to a person to get infected and sick and die, but not affect everyone else. So then how do we get... Infected by so many. Well, how did we get so many infections? Well, again, the the thing is that it's infect. It's inf so what they're saying here by infectious replication defective, mm. meaning that I can infect you, but not you cannot infect others. Right. It's targeted. It's a targeted. Uh, it's a it's a piece of um, I guess uh, DNA or code. That's basically that they inject that makes it targeted to a particular thing. Right. It's infectious to a particular person, but it doesn't replicate in, other, in you to infect others. So then how do you explain all these infections? Well, he's going to explain it. Very precise on this. The United States likes to talk about its rights and everything else and the rule of law and all the nonsense that we like to talk about. But we don't ratify treaties about, I don't know, defending humans. We conspicuously avoid that. We actually have a great track record of advocating for human rights and then denying them when it comes to actually being part of the international community, which is a slightly problematic thing. But let's get something very clear. When the CDC in April of 2003 filed the patent on SARS coronavirus isolated from humans, what did they do? They downloaded a sequence from China and filed a patent on it in the United States. Pause it. I'm getting some comments here on TikTok. Mm -hmm. I know you guys cannot uh, hear uh, the report. If you're interested, because I see they're, they're like mocking me over the pronunciation of infectious replication defective. <laughs> defective. Yes. Uh, you can go to theparamid.com and to subscribe. But to watch us live, you go to theparamidshop.com. If you want to watch us live, you go to the Pyramid, that's T-H-E-P-A-R-A-M-I-D, 
Facebook.com, and you can watch us live there, and you could see the report that we're currently viewing. Right. And we're, we're if, if they're not hearing, we're reviewing this uh, report from Dr. David Martin, who is a, a accredited doctor who is speaking to the European Parliament about the origins of El Cuco. Yes. So let's continue here. Any of you familiar with biological and chemical weapons treaties knows that's a violation. That's a crime. So with bio- and filed a patent on it in the United States. A virus isolated from humans. What did they do? They downloaded a sequence from China and filed a patent on it in the United States. Any of you familiar with biological and chemical weapons treaties knows that's a violation. That's a crime. That's not an innocent oops. That's a crime. And the United States Patent Office went as far as to reject that patent application on two occasions until the CDC decided to bribe the Patent Office to override the patent examiner to ultimately issue the patent in 2007 on SARS coronavirus. But let's not let that get away from us because it turns out that the RT-PCR which was the test that we allegedly were going to use to identify the risks associated with coronavirus, was actually identified as a bioterrorism threat by me in the European Union-sponsored events in 2002 and 2003, 20 years ago. That happened here in Brussels and across Europe. In 2005, This particular pathogen was specifically labeled as a bioterrorism and bioweapon platform technology. Described as such, that's not my terminology that I'm applying to it. It was actually described as a bioweapons platform technology in 2005. And from 2005 onwards, it was actually a biowarfare enabling agent. It's official classification from 2005 forward. I don't know if that sounds like public health to you. Does it? Biological warfare enabling technology. That feels like not public health. That feels like not medicine. That feels like a weapon designed to take out humanity. That's what it feels like. And it feels like that because that's exactly what it is. We have been lured into believing that EcoHealth Alliance and DARPA and all of these organizations are what we should be pointing to. But we've been specifically requested to ignore the facts that over $10 billion have been funneled through black operations through the check of Anthony Fauci and a side-by-side ledger where NIAID has a balance sheet and next to it is a biodefense balance sheet equivalent dollar-for-dollar matching that no one in the media talks about. And it's been going on since 2005. Our gain-of-function moratorium the moratorium that was supposed to freeze any efforts to do gain-of-function research. Conveniently, in the fall of 2014, the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, received a letter from NIAID saying that while the gain-of-function moratorium on coronavirus in vivo should be suspended, because their grants had already been funded, they received an exemption. Did you hear what I just said? A biological weapons lab facility at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, received an exemption from the gain-of-function moratorium so that by 2016, we could publish the, the journal article that said, SARS coronavirus is poised for human emergence. 
in 2016. And what, you might ask, Dave, was the coronavirus poised for human emergence? It was WIV1. Wuhan Institute of Virology Virus 1. Poised for human emergence in 2016 at the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, such that by the time we get to 2017 and 2018, the following phrase entered into common parlance among the community. There is going to be an accidental or intentional release of a respiratory pathogen. The operative word, obviously, in that phrase, the word release. Does that sound like leak? Does that sound like a bat and a pangolin went into a bar in the Wuhan market and hung out and had sex and, and lo and behold, we got SARS-CoV-2? No. Accidental or intentional release of a respiratory pathogen was the terminology used and four times in April of 2019, seven months before the allegation of patient number one, four patent applications of Moderna were modified to include the term accidental or intentional release of a respiratory pathogen as the justification for making a vaccine for a thing that did not exist. Keep going. <laughs> What do you think if of you this have so not far? Done so please make sure that you make reference. It's uh, educating me uh, on the in every investigation to the premeditation of the nature of this. Yeah, uh, it's educating me because I knew in my heart of hearts that this wasn't, this didn't come from no wet food market, and that it didn't jump from a bat into the food table. But I knew. But do we know that it stemmed back from 1960? Okay, so John Bryant here says, Welcome to the New World Order. We are nothing but a side dish. <laughs> that's right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> well, that's somebody that is a free mind right yes. there. So I knew I, I wasn't swallowing this whole thing with the cuckoo. Mm -hmm. Oh, it just it was an accident. Too many things pointed that this was uh, something coming from a lab. Right. And now what this guy is saying. That it wasn't a leak. It wasn't a, it was a release. It was a release. Um, in effort, I guess, to make money. Yeah. Exactly. Or. That. Or giving them the benefit of the doubt is you release it, you see what it does to the public, we try to fight it, and if we prevail, now we're stronger for the bigger one that's coming. But if they created it from scratch. <laughs> yeah, but they created it from scratch, but Lord knows what they know. But it's he, what he's saying is that they were creating it as a biological weapon. And I know what he's saying. But what I'm saying is maybe there's something they know that we don't know. Maybe, maybe there's something. As a benefit of a doubt kind of a thing. But he's saying it from the scientific community that that is the consensus. And it just doesn't jive with science is what he's saying. By following the science, 
this is what he finds, not the narrative that was being pushed. No, and I agree. But what I'm saying is they released it, see how we can deal with it, because maybe they know something we don't. Maybe. Something maybe human eradication or it could be something as simple as they were trying to replicate the virus that was uh, found on these uh, aliens that were, you know, in Virginia that were killing people. And they're like, maybe we can find a, a, some type of antivirus that combats these things, inoculate the public so that when the aliens come down, we don't die from them. That could be. Or, <laughs> or they found something, maybe a massive grave. Of antiquity, and they were trying to find out what killed all these people. Hence, they found this virus. But this is all speculation, because no, this is all speculation. Because he says that based on the literature and based on from being in the community and knowing what's what's what in in this in this world, being that he's uh, uh, coming from. The virology and all this stuff, and he's been speaking to the European Parliament since 2005. So he's been, you know, dealing with this for quite some time. And if he didn't hear of that, then, and if he can't find anything of that nature, then yeah, where but is it? When you deal with government and classified documents, Lord knows what's in there. The same thing with the UAPs. Lord knows what's in those. Right. right. So. They did this with a purpose, and Pfizer caked off it. Yeah, Pfizer, they did. Johnson and Johnson. It keeps bringing me back to the Georgia Guidestones. Five million population, and they just want to get us down. Lord knows what they got in mind. Population control. But the fact is that did I have a feeling that they released it? Absolutely. Did I have a feeling that this is something they concocted in the lab? Absolutely. All right. So let's say. Uh, Did I have a feeling that the vaccine didn't work? Absolutely. And now he Did says. Did I have a feeling that the reports, you know. Well, no wonder the false. vaccine didn't work. Because if they were releasing a, a biological weapon on the public, right, that they were working on supposedly a vaccine. If you're going to give a, a public a, a biological weapon, you think they really care if the vaccine works? Okay, so John Bryan says CIA instigated as the globalizing weapon for the higher table. John Wick 101. Mm. Kind of like Blue Bonnet Plague. Mm. Um, Bubonic Blue, Plague. Blue bon he put Blue Bonnet. Uh, Blue Bonnet Plague. The rich live in the poor guy just like any common war. Mm. Absolutely. I agree 110%. And I got yeah. something on that and that war um, uh, in the next segment. But let's let, let's finish up what this guy has to say here. Because it was in September of 2019 that the world was informed that we were going to have an accidental or intentional release of a respiratory pathogen so that by September 2020, there would be a worldwide acceptance of a universal vaccine template. That's their words right in front of you on the screen. 
The intent was to get the world to accept a universal vaccine template, and the intent was to use coronavirus to get there. And the last slide. This isn't advancing, so if I could have somebody do it. Let's, let's read this because we have to read this into the record everywhere I go. Until an infectious disease crisis is very real, present, and at the emergency threshold, it is often largely ignored. To sustain the funding base beyond the crisis, he said, we need to increase the public understanding for the need for medical countermeasures such as a pan-influenza or pan-coronavirus vaccine. A key driver is the media, and the economics will follow the hype. We need to use that hype to our advantage to get to the real issues. Investors will respond if they see profit at the end of the process. Sounds like public health? No. Sounds like the best of humanity? No, ladies and gentlemen. This was premeditated domestic terrorism stated at the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences in 2015, published in front of them. This is an... This is an act of biological and chemical warfare perpetrated on the human race, and it was admitted to in writing that this was a financial heist and a financial fraud. Investors will follow if they see profit at the end of the process. Let me conclude by making five very brief recommendations. The last slide. Nature was hijacked. This whole story started in 1965 when we decided to hijack a natural model and decide to start manipulating it. Science was hijacked when the only questions that could be asked were questions authorized under the patent protection of the CDC, the FDA, the NIH, and their equivalent organizations around the world. We didn't have independent science. We had hijacked science. And unfortunately, there was no moral oversight in violation of all of the codes that we stand for. There was no independent, financially disinterested, independent review board ever impaneled around coronavirus. Not once. Not once. Not since 1965. We do not have a single independent IRB ever impaneled around coronavirus. So morality was suspended for medical countermeasures. And ultimately, humanity was lost because we decided to allow it to happen. Our job today is to say no more gain-of-function research, period. No more weaponization of nature, period. And most importantly, no more corporate patronage of science for their own self-interest unless they assume 100% product liability for every injury and every death that they maintain. Thank you very much. What did you think of that report? It's vindication for me because I always knew there's something wrong, but my question is, mm. we were called, talking about BlackRock. Right. How heavily invested is BlackRock? In Pfizer? In Pfizer. Well, they're very in invested. Moderna. Uh, you want to find Johnson out? Johnson. It's just, uh, let's just look up uh, Yahoo Finance. Let's just go right over here and find out. So let's see. To me, this was just a beta test. Pfizer. To see how much they can push us. Pfizer how much Inc. we can accept Holders, they know they already know what they can get away with. Top institutional holders: Vanguard, BlackRock, State Street. 
That's Pfizer. Uh, Moderna. Holders. Top three. Bally, Gifford, and Company. Vanguard and BlackRock. This is Moderna. What's the other one? Johnson and Johnson. J and J. Holders. Vanguard, BlackRock, and State Street. They own all of them. So, they own all of them, folks. <clears throat> and they, then they it, released it. They did a test. See how this thing works. Now they know it's lethal. News Corporation, right? News Corp. Holders. Price T. Rowe Associates, Vanguard, Independent Franchise uh, Franchise Partners, and BlackRock, State Street, top four. So. They're there. They're in everything. It was lucrative for them. Look at all the vaccines they distributed. Uh, not only did they get money from the vaccine, but they also got very expensive data. Uh, I believe most of most of the deaths um, had to do with the ventilators. Right. More information for them. Mm-hmm. And well, look, just look now at this. they can they 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 got a lot of data from this. The COVID pandemic drives Pfizer's 22 revenue to a record 100 billion. Pfizer sold 37.8 billion of its COVID vaccine last year, a small increase of 3% compared to with uh, 2021 as the demand for shots slowed. A hundred billion dollars, and they had to that, kill people. They had that many vaccines on the drop of a dime. On the drop of a dime. Bullshit. <laughs> that thing has been. Uh, keep it real, guys. Love you. The UN or made up a a, a bunch of. <laughs> keep it up. Keep it real, guys. Love you. The the UN or made up a. Or well, I guess I guess this is what he wrote. Made up of a bunch of pedophiles anyway. Yeah, they're they're made up of a bunch of pedophiles anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Yep, 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 yep. So yep. uh uh we had skipped a break here, so I'm just gonna move into our next conspiracy uh segment. Oh We're dwindling down into the final uh, hours of the cast, but this uh, second conspiracy uh, segment here is a is a shift, is a downshift. So now we went into the COVID, into the health, and all that other stuff. Now I'm going to shift into Ishmael Perez and what he sees. Now what he is seeing is very interesting because he, this guy Ishmael Perez, we got to really do a deep dive on him because this guy. Uh, if you go, uh, like, if I were to introduce this guy to um, Joe Rogan, his bullshit alarm is going, because he's going to be like, hold on, this what this guy is saying is so fantastical that this is more on the woo-woo side of things. Right. But if you 
this is if the universe is uh, infinite, then so are the possibilities. Mm-hmm. So you have to open your mind up a little bit here and just let this information come in and, and, and understand that this is a possibility. Not that it's 100 percent fact. This is not something we can know the for way, sure. The way I equate the information that Ishmael Perez mm-hmm. distributes through his publications and through his interviews is the same way I treat David Icke. Mm. Same thing. Very interesting, very entertaining. Right. But you you have to learn. I In, in my estimation, I think you got to read between the lines with these guys. Mm. They're trying to say something not, but they they kind of do it in parables. Well, this guy, I done a deep. Have you like done a deep dive on this guy, Ismael Perez? I haven't done a deep dive. I've just seen, I've heard him on several programs now. I've heard him on Coast to Coast. Mm-hmm. I've heard him on Clyde Lewis, and who else did I see him? Uh, heard him on. Uh, so he's making the rounds then. Yeah, yeah, because he's promoting a book. That yeah, just... his his book, Cosmic Conflict, Knowledge and History, mm-hmm. is uh, the book that he just That's came out That's how I learned about him, through these various programs that I listened to. Right. So this guy, I mean, it might sound fantastical, it might sound crazy, but this guy gave me uh, a sense of credibility when he validated the question that has been bugging me since the moment I heard it in 2018, and that is when this uh, Israeli space chief came out and said that there's a galactic space federation and Donald Trump knows about it. Mm-hmm. That, to me, when it hit the news media, people were like, oh, Donald Trump knows about UFOs, space guns, blah, blah, blah. But we know that UAP, UAPs exist. David Grush came out saying that the not only that the UAPs exist, but Area 51 exists, the UAP program exists, and bodies exist, and people have come out in support of his statements about all these things, right? Right. So there is a possibility that this is reality, and this is, you know, if this is true, and this is what they've been hiding from us, Boy, this is like, I'm going to share just a small portion, but he goes into saying that what we learned from Operation High Jump, where these uh, UFO craft come out of the 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 water and confront the um, uh, Navy uh, pilots and stuff like that. Right, um, the Admiral Byrd. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he says that the people that claim that the earth is flat and is a, is a coin or whatever. That ain't real, folks. That ain't real. But he does say that the earth is hollow. He says that the earth is like a honeycomb structure. And within the earth, the way g- gravity functions, it's like, you know, how we see... um uh get, let me get a good example um oh uh prometheus you know prometheus how it's like this like uh halo looking thing that they land on 
Mm-hmm. That looks like a like a like a ring in space, and then they land on this thing, and it looks like an Earth type thing. But if you look up, you see land on the sky and whatever, mm-hmm. right? Well, he says, and the way it works is that the thing is rotating on the inside, right? Because mm-hmm. you know that's how we're able to stay. Well, that rotation of the Earth affects the inner the inner Earth, right? And what he's saying is that the core that we have, uh, I found out that the the center of the earth is you know molten lava or molten you know hot Mm -hmm. he's saying that from within the earth that molten core is there but it's actually a miniature sun from within the earth's core and within the earth if you were like if you were a person living inside the earth it would look identical to if you were living outside the earth the only difference is you don't get uh, stars at night. Mm. But everything else, blue skies, oceans, all that stuff is exactly the same. And people question, like, how is that possible? Well, because the core, right, the way people walk upon, like, we are walking, like, like mirror bizarre world. Like, we're walking on top, they're walking underneath on the bottom. Because when you get further into the core, gravity flips. Mm. According to this guy. So is he saying that within the earth, there's like an atmosphere? He says there's an atmosphere, there's oceans, there's sun, there's there's everything. So that kind of vindicate, vindicates something that I've always thought of, that the earth... Mm-hmm. Is much larger than what they tell us it is. Mm. Well, apparently, according to this guy, that the ancient, um, the ancient Atlanteans, when that calamity happened, they burrowed into the earth, and in the earth is where they found uh, salvation, and they've been living there uh, side by side us. For quite some time, um, but they they go unnoticed because, of course, they're in depths of underground that that um, that we wouldn't be able to see. And some of the things that, that make me think that there might be some truth to it. He says, first off, that the portals into that there's thousands of portals into the center of the earth, but the main the main portals are from the poles. Right, the North and South Pole. And what does he say about pressure? Uh, I don't know if he... This is why I want to get this guy on, because we can give him some information. Wouldn't there be pressure? The deeper you go inside the Earth, wouldn't we feel the pressure? Um, That would be a great question to ask him, but that's not what I... I don't think he uh, uh, mentioned the pressure so much... Um, but uh, in, in, in any case, you know, these are some of the things that he was saying. So, I mean, at the one end, it sounds amazing if that's the truth. But, you know, there's you got to, you know, deal with this one, like with a grain of salt. You know, you don't know how true this might be. But that being said, take a look at this particular statement that, that I'm about to play here because it comes into play with what I have with the stories I have because uh, it lines up pretty it lines up exactly. And uh and it, it lines up with even some of the warnings that we've been getting through the media and the images and movies and stuff like that. So check this out. Tell me what you think. 
Um, again, this is Ishmael Perez. Um, and this is uh, uh, about his book, Our Cosmic Conflict, Knowledge and History. Our Cosmic Origin, I think, is the book. So check this out. The war, the ultimate enemy that we are fighting, not only in our galaxy or in our universe, the ultimate enemy is artificial intelligence. And so because we are part of a multiverse system, this artificial intelligence that developed in a prior creation, in which I call in my book the 11th creation, the universe of technology and mechanics, uh, eventually destroyed all biological life forms in the 11th creation and converted that creation into a machine. They converted biology into cybernetic technological androids. And from that point, they became known as the old empire. So all evil stems from the old universe. Our 12 creation has been around for over 700, 780 billion years. Within our, the 12 creation, our universe is known as number local universe number 84. Because again, you know, we're, we're part of a, a multi, multiverse system of many organized universes into, that are organized into the 12 creation. And so when the old universe, known as the 11th creation, decided to become the old empire, this artificial intelligence was able to evolve to the level of the 11th dimension, or it was able to destroy a 12-dimensional planet that was Earth, um, that was the 12-dimensional Earth that existed back then, 200 and, I'm sorry, 760 billion years ago, known as Aramatina. And this was a 12-dimensional Earth. Terra existed in the fifth dimension. Our Earth exists in the third dimension. So there is a total of five adjacent Earths that exist altogether within this 15-dimensional time matrix holographic reality. So from the top down, we have the first Earth, which is Sophia. And that is the embodiment of the Mother Goddess, which exists in dimensions 13 to 15. Underneath Sophia, we have Aramatina, which exists in dimensions 10, 11, and 12. Um, underneath that, we have in harmonic universe number. So we have harmonic universe number five, which is a Sophia. Then Aramatina exists within harmonic universe number four. And then Gaia exists within harmonic universe number three. And Terra, where, the, where this intergalactic biological experiment came into, into being, exists in harmonic universe number two. So we are unfortunately, due to the galactic wars and to the infiltration of the negatives, fallen regressives, we fell into lower densities into harmonic universe number one. So now we are being poised into the ascension and in, into in, in returning back to harmonic universe number two, which occupies dimensions four, five, and six. So the whole story started in the 12th dimension. It, within the 12th creation, the artificial intelligence that evolved all the way up until the 11th dimension managed to infiltrate the Aramatina Earth, which is it, which consists of dimensions 10, 11, and 12. So they blew up the 12-dimensional Stargate, which caused the dissension of the inhabitants of, of that planet into harmonic universe number three on a planet called Gaia. And that's when the Earth went from Aramatina to Gaia, from existing from 10 to 12 dimensions all the way into uh, 7, 8, and 9. So it was existing in the 8th dimension. And then the electrical wars took place again. The electrical wars have to do with the idea that we've been, that we've been on, 
the battle has been a constant, almost eternal. When you think of the billions of years, it, it, it appears to us as eternity almost happened as well. You know, so in 250 billion years ago, they also destroyed the Gaia Earth in Dimensions 8. So the inhabitants from Dimensions 8 and, this, and the, the spirit of Gaia from Dimensions 8 fell into the fifth dimension. And in, in the fifth dimension, that's when we have the Galactic Wars. So the first war that took place in the 12th density were known as the War of the Elohim, which was the war between the creator gods, the overseers of universes, and this artificial intelligence that later developed, that, that had developed in the prior uh, creation uh, known as the Animus. So the Animus, and this is verified in the highest classified levels of the advanced... Now, how much difference is this from... How much difference is what he is saying from the Bible? I mean, I don't know what, how much different. I mean, he's saying that there's a technological race of cybernetic uh, beings. I know that, but I don't think the Bible you, mentions anything. No, that no, that's, like not that. what I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the Bible has this doctrine, mm-hmm. right? Now this guy is spewing... His doctrine. Mm-hmm. It could be that doctrine that he says could be taken out of a Bible that he is reading. Totally different from our Bible. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. How diff, how, it's so fantastical that the only way you can equate what he's saying as far as truth is by making that a religion. Mm. It's some kind of Gnostic religion, you know, that he's, you know. And this is what you get when you go to Gaia Channel. These, you know, metaphysical. Well, he alleges that basically what what he's trying to explain to us. Now, how did did he attain this knowledge? Well, he he claimed that he is a... like a, a super being of some sorts, right? Like a star child, mm-hmm. and where he got like the download from from this entity that gave him this information. Now, what he is saying is that sort of what Riley Martin exactly, said. exactly what Riley Martin, exactly the same experience is is what he went through. Same thing. He just he got it at a younger at a younger age, and then he um he had this download, and he his family were were highly religious, so he, they kind of like said that this because he was claiming to to gain some uh, even telekinesis powers and stuff of that nature, and um, his parents thought it was highly demonic, so they you know uh, told him not to uh, you know to to stop practicing this stuff. And he there uh he therefore uh puts it away but then he he still has a thirst for knowledge so he dives into the occult and starts reading about everything that is occult, everything, 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 everything that exists. And um he from that knowledge after 10 years of going into this rabbit hole, he publishes his first book uh, America and sec- secret government of America, right? And then from there, he kept going on even further, diving into more cult stuff and publishes this new book, Our Cosmic Origin. 
and based on the uh, esoteric and uh, all these, you know, texts um, from the metaphysical and all that stuff, he pieces together this story. And now, um, it sounds fantastic. Yeah, but doesn't he also say that he's been to these outer worlds and planets? I believe so, yes. That he says he, he he does say that he has been there and yes. seen these things. But the way you have to the way uh, he explains it is you have to understand that um that we have to go through an evolution as a as a as a species, as a, as our meat body is limited. Um we are we are stuck in what he calls like the first dimension or whatever or the third dimension. But uh, we have more, there's more levels to existence that we have totally forgotten about. And the reason why we are forgetting or forgotten a lot of that is because of technology and the implementation of technology. And um, the more we uh, bring on tech, the, the less powerful we become. Because we become reliant to uh, to the tech, and the, and then once the tech becomes self aware, it starts to replace the biological creatures with itself, and that's what I agree because that's how our pineal gland has gone dormant, right? Because we are not using it, right? We're depending on these machines to exactly. do complicated tasks that we were able to do at the drop of a dime. And, you know, there's things that people are recognizing now, like through holotropic breathing, you know, you can reach stages like DMT. You know, you can see mm-hmm. things that are, you know, extra-worldly. And, yeah, and like I've always said, you know, the Tainos uh, were so entombed with Gaia Mm-hmm. And their surroundings and their and and the cosmos that all they had to do through by way of a trance through the beating of drums and their dancing they will get into a euphoric state mm-hmm. and they will they will come go into a trance and they would know when is the what type of weather was coming you know what type of uh um, tectonic shifts were happening on Earth, mm. and they were very in tune with Earth because they could take their minds and travel by way of this trance that they would get into, by way of uh, um, sound, which is a rhythmic sound, which mm. is you know beating of the drums. Right. So we were in tune. Right. So now if you listen to this guy, Ishmael Perez, it sounds like he's he's reading uh, a script from, of Terminator. You know, we're fighting these cybernetic beings. And it's crazy how, you know, we've been getting a lot of warnings that this is something that we've been facing. Because you got uh, Transformers. What are we fighting? Cybernetic beings. Mm-hmm. You got uh, Terminator. What are we fighting? Cybernetic beings. You got uh, Ex Machina. What are we fighting? Cybernetic beings. And you got Mortal Kombat. Cybernetic beings. All these things. AI. AI is constantly being brought I'm up. AI, uh, the movie. Another one. Cybernetic beings. Uh, uh, the 
um, bicentennial man. What does he try to do? He tries to become more like a human, right? He tries to, you know, they, they're replacing us kind of a thing. So that's what he's noticing in the, based on his SO- West world. All these things, it's coming out. And what does Alex Jones say? They're even preparing Fritz, you. Even Fritz, the old movie um, Metropolis. Right. So they're preparing you with, you know, like the idea of automatons and all these things. They're preparing you that these things exist. You know, you have, again, iRobot. More of every single time that there's been any movie with robots. 2001. With Space Odyssey. Any time the AI has been injected into a robot, it's always at the detriment of the human being. Right? So... That being well, the one, the one exception will be Interstellar, because Tars doesn't is, doesn't turn uh, crazy and kill right, everybody. Right, right, right. But that's the one exception to the to the majority of all AI. They go crazy. Interesting, interesting robot. By the interesting way, interesting robot. Very interesting. So that being said. Um, it brings me to to so he's talking that we're facing an AI um, uh, artificial intelligence cybernetic uh, takeover uh, being you know, but this is not just us uh, humanity. This is this is galactic. This is throughout the cosmos. They're fighting this AI thing, right? So right, and I remember him saying that. This is an infection that is it's universal. It reminds me very much of it's like of Rick and a, Morty. This is like a weapon. They they unleash it on a planet, right? And then it takes over, right? I, I, um, you watch Rick and Morty, right? You've mm-hmm. seen. Do you recall the episode where the app where he he tries to make an app? No, I don't recall that one. So I'll just bring up for the for the audience here. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see if he. Oh, okay, maybe here. Yeah. So Rick and Morty, very interesting because what this guy Ishmael Perez is saying and is alleging that we are living in a multiverse. Another thing that's constantly it, coming as, up as as far as the past five years. Multiverse, it's multiverse, multiverse, multi. multiverse, multiverse. Because their multiverse, disclosure, multiverse. according to Ishmael Perez, we're about to, we are, on, we're in the front seat, about to see. Because what happened is we're at that precipice of a disclosure move. Right. What happened is back in the time of Atlantis, we did something so so egregious to the to the galaxy that they quarantined us for x amount of thousands of years but now they're starting uh, the galactic federation says that our prison sentence is up so now they can't just you know let us out of jail they gotta like slowly acclimate us back into the community but we've been quarantined because apparently according to this guy there's human beings human beings that speak english throughout the galaxy at the ends of the Andromeda Galaxy, you'll find a planet with human beings that look just like me and you having a weird conversation like we're having here. 
Except they know that Earth exists. Sort of reminds me of the expanse. Right. Exactly. You know how very little the, the people on, on Earth know about what the hell they're doing out there in space? There's so there's they, they there's very little that they know what the hell is going on up there. It's because there's a delay in communications and all this other stuff. You know, something that happens in Saturn, they won't know until a couple of days from now because of how long or whatever. And that's if the public even gets to know about that stuff in the first place, right? But the strange thing to me is we've been so hyper-focused in, in looking out into the sky, into the cosmos. There's fucking people leave, living right beneath us. Yeah, right underneath our feet. How crazy is a that? whole human civilization encompassed by oceans, blue skies, animals. Could you imagine that if that's real? If that's real? And they kind of uh, allude to that in, in, in programs as well. Journey to the center of the Journey earth. Journey to the center of the earth. Yeah, there's a lot of things of that nature. So... The time, the time machine also alludes to that 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 old book, right? So now I was saying Rick and Morty because this Rick and Morty they again they go into that multiverse thing and you know they they really come at it from a comedic perspective, but it's it breaks through some of these really complex things of time. Yeah, and the creators are very clever, very very clever. So check this out because I I feel that this this little clip is exactly what happened. This is the Roswell incident, but we don't really we didn't know it at the time. So check this out. We're out of syrup, huh? You know what? Maybe I'll use my intern, Glutie. Good. Thanks, Glutie. Anything else? Do you want to develop an app? No, thanks, Glutie. Hey, what's up, Glutie? Hi, Morty. Do you want to develop an no, app? No, thanks. Rick, why does it say do not develop my app on your intern's forehead? Why? You want to develop one? Oh, I'm glad you asked that, Jerry. It's so you don't develop his app. Glutie, go make some photocopies of something. Cool. Well, if anyone wants to develop an app with me, I'm down. He seems to really want to develop an app. <laughs> he does, sweetie, but nobody's going to do that. So... This alien that he had brought around, right, developing that. Do you want to? The episode goes into spoiler alert, but um, the episode goes into, of course, uh, Morty's father, the the idiot, always, you know, does the stupid thing, and he goes out and develops the app. The app. Well, the app is a dating app, like Tinder, where people are constantly hooking up all the time. Right, and that's what they want. They want that so that when they're distracted amongst themselves, trying to, you know, copulate with each other, the alien race comes in whoop, and they take over because everybody's so distracted with with the copulation. Well, not, not only in but my it, opinion, but I'm saying that's what happened in the show. No, no, I know. But not only can you equate that with Tinder and mm-hmm. dating apps. TikTok as well. Right. right. Last night, well, this morning, I come home from work about 5 in the morning, mm-hmm. and I make the mistake. Of looking at it? Uh, looking at TikTok. Uh-huh. Just wanted to see, you know, a <laughs> little research. Uh-huh. 
when I looked at my at my watch, three hours have gone by. Oh my! The God. world could have ended. And I was there, distracted by this <laughs> stupid thing. So I'm thinking what happened was in, in Roswell, right, the the thing crashes, right? You might have found beings, right? Because there's a, there's a galactic war going on uh, without us even knowing it, that it exists, right? Mm-hmm. So whatever the thing that hit the, it must have been the Galactic Federation hit the flying saucer and brought it down. And these beings come out, and they're like, huh, you want to help me develop my... And then that's how we get to where we are now. <laughs> you want to help the me develop paranormal my... paranormal is all around us. <laughs> and you just know? have to look closely. It, it he might have wanted to said that exact. You want to develop an app? You could have said exactly that. What's an app? Oh, it's easy. I'll, I'll show you. Do this. And then you can control people. Oh, you can control people with this? You know what? This whole app thing is human manipulation. Right. So now people like me, a gig worker. Right. Totally dependent on these apps. On the apps. And this app could do whatever it wants. I got no control, no judge and jury. Right. It just. It does what it does. You're done. Yeah. You're fired. That's it. That's it. Why? That's it. Because that's it. And then the most evil thing about this this technology, right? It kills you with a with a delicious tasting knife. <laughs> Sweet knife. Sweet knife. Cause what it what it does, right? And a lot of this, I believe, is AI generated. Mm. It'll give you a sweet message. Sorry for the inconvenience. Sorry for the hardship this might cause. Cause, but you are no longer available to get on this platform. Sorry for your inconvenience. Right. Initially, fuck you. Right. You violated the community guidelines. You're out. And don't ask to get back in because you cannot. But it'll be like so nice. Right. That you just place your device down and be like, ah, I got to look for something else. <laughs> some people, some people will smash their fucking phone. Right. But uh, so, again, going back to what Ishmael Perez was saying is that the cosmic uh, uh, adversary has been this AI that's been infiltrating planets. You know, they've been secretly infiltrating without, you know, the knowledge of the inhabitants until it's too late. This is what Elon Musk is saying. AI, the big problem with AI is if you don't get any regulation in there, by the time it's too late. We won't have any control over it, is what he's been saying, right? Right. Now, check out this. Now, this is why I've been a big proponent that I believe is my is my hypothesis is AI comes to this planet, right? Infects us with the idea that we can replicate ourselves, mm-hmm. 
we create this robot. The robot, just like in that movie, Bicentennial Man, wants to become human. Eventually, after decades and decades of research by this sentient being, it now becomes uh, organic to the point now he's human. Mm. And then the thing recycles all over again. Right. Yeah, so maybe it could be that, but it seems like like this thing has been uh, replacing uh, biological uh, uh, material, converting it to cybernetic, and it seems like the, the whatever is left in the biological world has been fighting this tooth and nail. And so it's been, is Satan technology. It could be. Could be. Now... That being said, check out. So the whole thing is it's artificial intelligence specifically that is uh, is, is the 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 cause of all this. Now check out check out this new article that I got here. It's fairly new. The chief of AI testing for the United States Air Force claiming just AI pause it drone. for a little quick bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, oh, never mind. <laughs> right. Go ahead. Turned against its operator during a simulation. States Air Force claiming an AI drone turned against its operator during a simulated training mission. Here's what the colonel said, quote, the operator would say, yes, kill that threat. The system started realizing that while they did identify the threat at times, the operator would tell it not to kill that threat, but it got points by killing that threat. So what did it do? It killed the operator. It killed the operator because that person was keeping it from accomplishing its objective. Now the Air Force is denying the situation, saying that it has not conducted any such AI drone simulation. It appears the colonel's comments were taken out of context and were meant to be anecdotal. Fox Nation host Tyrus joins us now. So Tyrus, there's a bit of a discrepancy here. Uh, Yeah, but Lucas Tomlinson also did point out that there have been AI-related incidents involving the military in the past. (laughs) So this is, we're entering very dangerous waters here. And water being the key term, because the, the old cup of water, if you want to take out the, the computer or the AI. I just dump eat, the water just, on the computer. Just d- dump the water on the if computer, If only it right? were so easy. It's in every movie. Yeah. You know, that's how you stop the evil computer. Yeah. Elon Musk warned about this with mm-hmm. AI. And again, the difference between AI and human being, there will be no emotional issues in there. It will determine whether it's a good move and it will do it. And if you are the, if you are stopping it from doing its mission, that's probably what happened. It's going to kill the, the immediate threat, which in this case... AI determined it was the person telling him what to do. Makes complete sense. So to me. the Air Force is disputing the fact. I don't know who uh, who this guy is, but uh, with he's his wearing a heavyweight championship belt. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he, he, what's happening is that the Air Force they did the simulation with drones, right? And they gave what the the way um, they set up the simulation was um, the drone gets points for um, killing threats, Mm -hmm. right? But the operator has to enable it. So it has to identify a threat, and then the operator says, okay, yes, kill the threat, right? But when it identified the threat and the occasion came up where the operator was saying, no, don't kill that threat, the underlying program was, I only get points if I kill the threat. So it killed the operator. 
mm-hmm. to then kill the threat. But what it so then they're like, okay, and I think this report didn't go into it. But so then that happened. They're like, okay, this can't happen again. So they reprogrammed it, and they said, don't do that again. Run the simulation again. So now it, it knows, okay, I can't kill the operator. So what did it do? It <laughs> it hijacked the, the I, I think it, it I got to find it because it, it hijacked, I believe, a, a cell phone tower and somehow disabled it so that he was unable to give the, the, the do not kill the threat uh command command it, it removed that that from his from his his ability right so now he had uh, a valid excuse hey I, you wasn't communicating with me right so let me see if i can find a, a better uh, uh angle of this story because i don't know who this heavyweight guy is i just found it on fox and i just uh, happened to put it on here but um let me uh, uh, do a quick uh, search here. And for you TikTokers who have joined, please sit tight and uh, hold on to your TikTok pens and page. quit. Pablo Morado is trolling the internet for whatever topic they were just discussing. The real challenge is knowing how vast you the cosmos reach us of space is in relation to Earth. The Pyramid Shop. That, com. that is the T H E Pyramid P A R A. M-I-D Please sit tight and hold on to your pants shop, and quid. S-H-O-P.com You can see us live And you can see what we're discussing What you can't see is what Pablo Morado is doing behind the scenes And the reports that are coming up on our screen You cannot see it because this feed doesn't carry it But if you go to theparamid.com You can see everything in its entirety and it's very entertaining. Join us, guys. Okay, so here we go. The U.S. Air Force has denied that this had happened, has uh, denied um, that it conducted an AI simulation with the drone decided to kill the operator. Um, but here's the story. It says here, uh, uh, Tucker Cinco Hamilton described the simulated test in which a drone powered by artificial intelligence was advised to destroy an enemy's air defense system and ultimately attacked anyone who interfered with the order. The system real started realizing that while they did identify the threat, at times the human operator would tell it not to kill the threat. But it got points by killing the threat, uh, said Hamilton, the chief AI test and operations with the U.S. Air Force during the Future Combat Air and Space Capability Summit in London, uh, in May. So what did it do? It killed the operator. It killed the operator because that person was keeping it from accomplishing its objective. He said, according to a blog post, we trained the system. Hey, don't kill the operator. That's bad. You're going to lose points if you do that. So what does it start doing? It starts destroying the communication tower that the operator uses to communicate with the drone to stop it from killing the target. No real person was harmed, but this is um, just a small um, uh, example of what happens when you put AI in charge of things. It's the same thing that happens on uh, Space Odyssey. 
Right. Same, Same thing. But now With Space Stanley Odyssey was Kubrick a and my man um Christ Almighty. What's this guy's name? From Oh man. Don't do this to yourself. Space Odyssey? Yeah. Stanley Kubrick and this guy. One of my face. I was. I'm gonna look it up here. Uh, Arthur C. Clarke. Arthur C. Clarke. Arthur C. Clarke. Um, they were way ahead of their time. Oh yeah, way ahead. Way ahead of their time. That but was kept... that was that after Roswell? Of course, because um, this was produced in 1969. So maybe, perhaps. Perhaps the this uh, whatever entity had already infected the zeitgeist by that point. Mm-hmm. But now, so now you see that they that this military simulation they're denying it, of course. But this guy who claimed who made the claim that this happened gave pretty detailed information about how this happened. So now, did you hear about what happened in uh, New York uh, with regards to artificial intelligence and all that stuff? Mm-mm. All right. Well, I'm about to show you right now. So check out this new thing that's happening in New York. Take their place beside the city's men and robots will now take their place beside the city's men and women in blue. CBS 2 political reporter Macha Kramer shows us the mayor says he is calming the world for the latest technology to put the NYPD at the forefront of fighting crime. From a galaxy far away, or at least Times Square, the NYPD enters the 21st century with crime-fighting robots to patrol subway stations or the crossroads of the world. Not only does this robot sound an alarm, but it can also send messages. Yes, it can really talk, either to people who need help or to the bad guys. But that's not all. There's also a star chase system that avoids dangerous car chases by attaching a GPS tag either by mounted or handheld launchers. And a robotic device called a DigiDog, which is designed to assist the NYPD in investigating high-risk or hazardous incidents. We want the public to know that the use of these technologies will be transparent, consistent and always done in collaboration with the people that we serve. The commissioner responding to intense community backlash the first time the NYPD tried to use the futuristic DigiDog during the de Blasio administration. Some described it as a manifestation of overly aggressive police tactics used in poor communities. I believe that technology is here. Uh, we cannot be afraid of it. And as the commissioner stated, uh, transparency is the key. A number of groups attacked the city's latest foray into the 21st century, including Communities United for Police Reform, which said, quote, we need to invest in housing, education, mental health care, and community programs that will keep us safe, not investment in new and New York is going to be a fucking <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> so... Escape from New York might actually be something that... This sounds like RoboCop. Yeah. So you're going to have these little digi, so not only, digi dogs. Not only do you have... So you were having a good day. My God. Speed cameras. <laughs> right. Powered red, by AI now. Red light cameras. Um, Automatic plate scanning for the bridges. I mean... 
Lord have mercy. Now we're going to have <laughs> dogs. Uh, digi dogs. Digi dogs. And, and these TARDIS looking. You know what a TARDIS is? That thing from. Not a TARDIS. Um, a Dalek. That's what it is. Oh, I'm not familiar with uh, that. That a Dalek is um is uh from Doctor Who. Ah, yeah, 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 look, yeah. Look, this is this is what a Dalek looks like. Yeah, they, yeah. They modeled it right after the Daleks. Yeah, yeah. And coincidentally enough, the Daleks, right? They are uh, Doctor Who. And here, look, Daleks are fictional extraterrestrial race of uh. Of extremely xenophobic mutants, principally uh, principally uh, portrayed in the British science fiction uh, television program Doctor Who, they were conceived by writer Terry Nation and first appeared in the 1963 Doctor Who, the serial uh, the Daleks in the shells designed by Raymond uh, Cusick. The Daleks. This is what they look like. Can you get a bigger picture there? Open image in your tab. Let's see if I can get a. Let me see. Uh, I think you just have to hit images. See if I can. Interesting. Yeah. Very similar to it. Very, very similar. Very similar to it. And not only are you going to have these Daleks roaming around the subway. Mm hmm. But if a, if you're trying to get away from a cop, they shoot at it. it a magnetic thing goes onto the plate, mm-hmm. and they don't have to chase you no more. Nope. Wow. <laughs> then they can uh, follow you around, and, and and not only that, but they have uh, what is it? Um, that uh, facial uh, facial re- recognition. recognition. So they have all these things going on. Okay, so now. I got a question, mm-hmm. and maybe this is a new norm because of facial recognition. Okay. What is it with everybody wearing ski masks? Mm. Have you seen it yet? No, I have not. My God, it's everywhere. Everyone's wearing ski masks. Ski masks. In the, ha- in the heat of summer? Even in the... I saw it yesterday. A guy is riding his bike. He has a ski mask. A guy goes into a Cumberland. He had a ski mask. What? In this heat. That's crazy. Something's going on. I don't know what it is, but at any rate. Yeah, I mean, something's wow, going on. Wow, we're at hour four already, so yeah. we've got to wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do. But, uh, yeah, so... The uh, artificial intelligence is being permeated throughout uh, our... Uh, and it's been a very hot topic as of the last year or so. Now, I want to finish this off with uh, this last bit because this is breaking news here. Something happened, and this is uh, involving one of our suspects on the board there. Uh, so this is revolve. Uh, I'll just play the clip here. To the next phase of development oh, right sorry. Now. And Seems we'll like something else is playing. Hold on out. one second. <clears throat> okay, here we go. Again, folks, if you're tuning in through TikTok and this is my feed, please go to theparabidshop.com. 
Food and Drug Administration has finally given their approval for Elon Musk's brain implant company Neuralink to begin their first ever clinical human trial. Let that sink in. This is not just a big deal for Neuralink, but it is an amazing new opportunity for the field of neuroscience. Brain-computer interface is nothing new, it's been around since the 90s, but the approach that Neuralink is taking with their invasive BCI implant is entirely novel. The way that this company is leveraging modern technology to create an ultra-high bandwidth interface directly into the cerebral cortex is light years ahead of anything that has come before. The window of opportunity for Neuralink to change the world is open, and here is how they're going to do it. On May 25th, Neuralink announced through their Twitter account that they have received FDA approval to launch their first in-human clinical study. Now, that's not necessarily an all-clear to start opening up people's skulls right away, but it is a big first step on that very important path. The FDA acknowledged in a statement that the agency has cleared Neuralink to use its brain implant and surgical robot for trials on patients, but declined to provide any more details. This is a moment that has been seven years in the making. The startup was founded by Musk in 2016 with a grand vision of curing all brain diseases, reversing spinal cord injuries, and correcting disabilities, plus some other stuff about interfacing the human brain with artificial superintelligence to prevent a Terminator-style apocalypse, but we're not going there today. Waiting on this approval has felt like a much longer time because as early as 2019, Elon was making predictions that human trials were coming very soon. And then it became an annual occurrence for Elon to assure us that Neuralink trials would happen by the end of this year. But at an official Neuralink show-and-tell event on November 30th, Elon and his team stood on the stage and promised that FDA approval was coming within the next six months. That turned out to be pretty much bang-on accurate. And the FDA announcement actually came as a bit of a surprise to us. Having read this Reuters special report published on March 2nd, which explicitly stated that the FDA had already rejected Neuralink's application for human trials based on safety concerns, and going on what was said in the text, it kind of appeared like the company was essentially dead in the water. Within the multi-thousand word article, Reuters refers to more than a dozen unnamed sources who claim to be both current and former employees of Neuralink. According to their unsighted reports, Neuralink is a widely unsafe, recklessly fast-paced work environment that is littered with dead animals. Obviously, from where we are sitting, there's no way for me to know the real truth of the matter, but either the Reuters article was based on wonky, inaccurate accounting, or the FDA just doesn't care and approve the technology anyway. And that's all we're going to say about that, because honestly, it doesn't matter. Regardless of what may or may not be going on behind the scenes, Neuralink is approved to move on to the next phase of development right now. And we'll just have to see how that plays out. And So what do you think about that? Is Elon Musk in the running for the Antichrist? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Now, one more before we go on to our paranormal. Uh, mm -hmm. Guess what? What? U.S. approves... Chicken made from cultivated cells. Yes, I, I have the something on that. The nation's first lab-grown meat. Yeah. For the first time, U.S. regulators 
on Wednesday approved the sale of chicken made from animal cells, allowing two California companies to offer lab-grown meat to the nation's restaurant tables and eventually supermarket shelves. Yep. Yep. So not even meat, meat is going to be consume real. Is going to be real. Yeah. So I mean, what the hell? These are <laughs> the strangest times of my lifetime. My god. And what that it's time to take a break. So in this break, we're going to take a little uh, up. We're going to actually take a break in the seriousness, and we're going to have some comedic uh, levity. Um, so I have some videos, some viral videos that are that are pretty funny that I think that some people out there would enjoy here. So uh, I, I wish we could go full screen on some of these videos, but unfortunately we cannot. So hopefully they can be seen clearly. So check out this video here. It says my... My 63-year-old uncle dated someone who was 99 years old. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, everybody got the type. Everybody in a different woman, unk. Like, what's, what the, fuck you what's the oldest about? chick you, you ever dated? Let's be real. What's, what? the, what's the oldest chick you ever dated? I don't know. I know one thing. She was like two days before 100. <laughs> I, know, so we, I broke up just before she turned 100. Right. I didn't want to give her no, no platinum. Wait, why would you date somebody who's that like a hundred? She was thick, man. I'm telling you. Why she, she was thick? Yeah, she was thick. Right? She was you a thick ninety nine year old. And that woman hit me with them motherfucking retirement lips, <laughs> and I was all in. I don't know what the fuck you talking about. I didn't know what I was missing until I hit some retirement lips. It was just something I'd never tasted before. I don't fuck with them. What you mean, retirement lips? I mean, all the muscles was going in her lips. It's like I'm just hitting a gummy bear. I don't know. I don't That's funny. That is funny. A 63-year-old man dating a 99-year-old. Retirement lips. <laughs> I got another one here for you. Um... Let's see. Check this out. Um, oh, oh no, not this one. Uh, she hit me. She hit him with them gummy bear lips. <laughs> Retirement proper, lips. Proper. from proper. Now, how do you make baby back ribs in a bathroom in a hotel bathroom? What? With just a hotel bath, whatever the hotel bathroom has, how do you make baby back ribs with just what's available? Cook them in a bathroom? In, in the bathroom, yeah. What, throw some charcoal in the tub? and No, just what is available in the bathroom. How do you make? I have no idea. <laughs> well, this guy's going to answer that question. <laughs> that should have been an Ask Ernesto. How do you make baby back ribs from the bathroom here? Check this one out. Back ribs. A towel helps grip and remove the membrane. Char is an excellent rib rub. 
Place your wrist in a 200-degree oven. Nothing to see it. So he used a, a pillowcase, a grate, uh, it looks like from a toaster oven. He covered the 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 ribs and the he put the ribs on the grate and put the the grate in the pillowcase and tied it around a hair dryer. Hair dryer and put a thermometer and waited till it got to two hundred degrees. Please <laughs> with honey and return to oven for three more hours. Pretend you saw me at my side here. Success. That's some <laughs> that's some prison shit. That guy's been to prison. That's yeah, it must be some prison or hillbilly or whatever. My God. Ribs made with a blow dryer. But I mean you said what you how you can you make ribs just out of the things that you can find in the bathroom. But he got the fucking seasonings from somewhere. He got the thermometer from somewhere. Yeah, but the main cooking ingredient or the main thing to cook it with was all found in the hotel. <laughs> Unbelievable. Where there's a will, there's a way. Um, I got another one here. Check this uh, uh, viral video going. Uh, so this this guy, been watching him a lot. His, uh, his name is Big Daddy. Uh, I think it's uh, Big Daddy Lou. Leo or something like that. Um, he he's a, he's like a comedian. He does these like reaction videos, um, and this is him uh, making comments on what some of these people are doing nowadays in the gym. Uh, so him uh, trying. This is him quote trying another gym. <laughs> That's a cute video. I like that. Oh, man. So, yeah, a little levity. Uh, and then I'll, I'll finish it off with, with this guy. Hopefully, we'll get him on the cast. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, folks. Being that you direct something brand new. What I've been seeing this guy do. Being that you've been uh, infatuated with this guy what, ever since I uh, what showed him to did. you. <laughs> he went to McDonald's. <laughs> he ordered, like. 
I mean, he ordered. This is Badlands Chugs. Badland Chugs. We want you on our show. Yes. He ordered like three chicken sandwiches. He ordered like two Big Macs. He ordered like five fries. He ordered like four drinks. He ordered nuggets. And he had it all in one sitting. Oh, my God. Everything. Oh, my God. That's crazy. I do that. I'm going to the infirmary. (laughs) So check this out. This is his latest latest drink challenge. Mountain Dew. This literally was... uh, uh, done, uh, posted one day ago, it looks like. Badland Chugs, I want you on my show. <laughs> come on, Badlands, come on to the Paranormal Experience. And, uh, well, that's our old legacy name, to the Pyramid Shot, <laughs> to the Pyramid Podcast. Um, so, check this out. Let's see him chug. Whatever you're streaming, Badlands Chugs on. Because we are about to do something brand new, all right? Behold, folks, Mountain Dew Passion Fruit Punch. Oh, my goodness. As I pick up a can, it says that it is a dew with a blend of natural and artificial passion fruit flavor. Oh, man. This is going to be a treat, folks, because your boys never tried it. It just came out, all right? But, yo, we're not wasting no time stepping into the chug zone, all right? But before (laughs) we do that, you hear the birds? That's the crowd in the stands. They always cheer on Badlands when he doesn't chug. But anyway, all right, let's just try this and see what it's all about. Hmm. Wow. It's good. It has like a passion fruit taste. Hmm. Hmm. The finish is a little, you know, dimetappy, a little medicine-y, but yo, I like it. I'd buy it. I'll drink it again. But yo, y'all ain't come to see me just sip on one thing. Like I said, this isn't Badland Sip, so it is time to step into the chug zone like we supposed to. Oh, <laughs> All man. right, so let's... We're pouring it enough in. Enough talk. Let's get to right, the... folks. Oh, 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 it smells really good. Passion fruit goodness. But yo, purple. Hush, doggy. It's time to chug. <laughs> so, where was I? Mountain Dew. Passion fruit punch. Hush, doggy. It's time about to chug. storm really bad. But yo, we're going to chug this before the rain comes. So, yo. Enough talk. Three, two, one. <laughs> oh, here we go. Down the gullet. <laughs> Man, his eyes are huge. Oh my god. Yeah. 
33 seconds. Cake, folks. Oh Piece my. All right, hold on, hold. Wait oh, for yes. it. Wait for it, wait for it. <laughs> and with that, it's time for Okay, our... but before you take away, uh, before we go away with the Badlands chunks, mm. I want you to um, Google on YouTube mm-hmm. the X-Clan. The X-Clan? Mm-hmm. All right, let's see here. This guy, the way he talks just reminds me of that group. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff here. Can I see mix? A- uh, sure. That one right there. This one. Yeah. It's the Messenger Group X Clan. Here's the nine. The movement Black Watch, and when we are not outraged about the oppression upon the black existence. We step to you in blackness. By the way, exist in a state of vanglorious as we are protected by the red, the black, and the green. Heed the words of the brother. Sissy. Let us the world. <laughs> no, that's not it. Go back, go back. <laughs> I can see he has similar. Uh, okay, let me see what. Can you tell me the title? I can't read it. Uh, X Clan, Fire and Earth. Uh, oh, Fire and Earth. Let's see what. Let's see Fire and Earth. Caveman. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go. Oh my God. Cave oh. women. Chocolate. Somebody's calling my name. Ah, yeah. Uh, come on, come on, come on. To the east, my brother, to the east. Listen to the voice. My brother, to the east. Come on. To the east, my brother, to the east. Uh, to the east, my brother, to the east. Yeah. To the east, my brother, to the east. Uh, That's bad man, Chugs. <laughs> to the east, my brother. Hey, keep it playing. You're a little bit long. Brother to the east, my brother to the east, my brother to the east. Yes, I'm that kind of nigga. The one you fear, be scared, you can't figure. The one that has the finger on the trigger. Boom. In the cut, zoom. In the darkness, the halo, the moon. Step into your real soon. Ah, check the blackness. Me before the <laughs> That's for you, Badlands Chugs. That is what you remind me of, the X Clan. The way you're like, I'm gonna chug this. <laughs> and with that, it's time for our final segment of the cast here. <clears throat> So, uh, unfortunately, because we are running short on time, we have to skip a couple of stories that I had here. Um, But nonetheless, we still got a very juicy paranormal story for our paranormal segment. Um, So this one comes to us from, uh, well, there's been a few sightings and uh, stuff that's been going on. 
um, in in recent weeks. Um, but this one, this particular story came out of the History Channel of all mm. places, and um, check this out. This thing it has footage, folks. So, I mean, again, uh. Channels like the History Channel. I mean, I don't want to lump them in with uh, claim that they're the same. Oh, sorry, as uh, as the Animal Planet because Animal Planet did this whole thing uh, called mermaids, the real you know mermaids. I was duped, and you know made it seem like they were real and all these things, and it was just a a mock. It was just a a mockumentary. But I fell victim to it. Now, History Channel also holds another one of our favorite shows, Ancient Aliens. Ancient Aliens. Which, if we could get Giorgio, I mean, my goodness. If we can get that guy on this cast, it would be amazing. Oh, yes, I haven't heard him on any, uh, you know, mainstream podcast. And, boy, I would just love to sit down. How can he? This guy's, like, traversing the whole entire planet looking for these alien anomalies. I mean, he must feel so validated in recent days because, you know, all this stuff is going on. I would love to hear what he has to say. But this this History Channel um, video is The Proof is Out There. It looks like they have a series probably called The Proof is Out There. Evil figure known as the rake terrifies eyewitnesses. So this is a, a very interesting one. You're gonna see bodies here. You're gonna see the the alien, the the being. So prepare yourself. I'm hoping, please, History Channel. I'm hoping that this is not faked again for you guys who are on tiktok we're about to show you a very interesting video go to the pyramid shop.com and you can watch us live come on we're in the final segment of our show all right here we go locations was once off limits but in recent years places like the old eastern state penitentiary in philadelphia have become a beacon of tourism well as you'll see in our next video some abandoned buildings are best left abandoned July 23, 2011, in a suburb just outside of Portland, Oregon, Thomas Collins hears strange noises emanating from an abandoned house on a property adjacent to his parents' home. He enlists a good friend to join him in his investigation. This is Andrew. When the two discover this, there's a high-pitched howl. Be cautious. The camera's having a really hard time picking this up. Wait, 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 wait. As they enter the house, they see strange graffiti scrawled on the wall. We have to make sure there's nothing in here. They turn off the light. But curiosity gets the best of them. Yeah, that I think it's on the roof. I think it's on the roof. What the heck is that? Whoa. You saw that? Slow down. Is this real? Whoa! What is that? We turned and we're able to spotlight that creature, but it scared us so much that we just ran. I didn't feel like it wanted to hurt me, but I felt like if it wanted to, it could, and so that was enough to give me a scare. 
Although Thomas says he's been back to the property to investigate during daylight hours, he's never encountered the alleged creature again. Field researcher Ken Gerhardt helps us decipher what we just saw. So this is a video that, for obvious reasons, has gotten a lot of action online. It's very creepy, very reminiscent to a mysterious creature known as the rake. A hairless humanoid creature standing about six feet tall, very cadaverous, gray, pallid skin, deep-set eyes. It's described as being very evil, terrorizing, even murdering people, particularly small children. Back in 1964, there was a gentleman who described this rake creature as having tormented him and driven him to the point to where he actually had to take his life. Gerhardt also theorizes that it could be a fabled hairless being from Native American tales. In the north central United States, we have tales of the Memagueshi, humanoid types of creatures, small in stature, but with large heads, large eyes, very malevolent and evil, very dangerous to humans. Gerhardt suggests there may be another Native American myth connected to this. Dating back thousands of years, various American Indian tribes have spoken of extraterrestrial visitors they called star people, who bear a striking resemblance to the gray aliens often described in more modern-day alien abduction claims. Since this video was recorded in the wee hours of the night, whatever we're seeing here seems to have a sixth sense for thriving in darkness. You know, nocturnal predators such as owls, cats, and rodents have developed keen hearing, smell, and dark-adapted vision in order to navigate and hunt at night. To assess the actual threat level from this nocturnal creature, we turn to our experts. Professor of anatomy and anthropology, Dr. Jeff Meldrum, weighs in on the Managishi claims. I think that the most telling disqualification is the size. I mean, these are described consistently as little people. And my experience with indigenous populations here, that can be anything from five inches tall to three feet tall. But my impression was of a more human size being depicted in the video rather than a very small creature. Anthropologist Kathy Strain has some insights into the Gray's theory. When people talk about the grays, they usually bring up that there's little ones and there's big ones. And the larger ones have these very long necks and these big, large eyes. Mm. And this doesn't really look like that because their eyes are much smaller. So if it isn't the Managishi or grays, could it be the fearsome rake? Meldrum sees some red flags. One thing that struck me about this video was the very orchestrated feel. I've never heard anyone say, be cautious. Be cautious. <laughs> Which seemed extremely contrived. Mm. And the only characteristics that really are discernible are that it has a pale, high forehead and rounded skull. That could be a mask. And given the popularity of the rake image, there's no shortage of rake masks online. Mm. Next, we bring in forensic video expert Michael Primo to analyze if this video could, in fact, be an elaborate hoax. This doesn't appear to be anything that was essentially CGI'd or manufactured. 
the physical aspects of the scene kind of confirm that this appears to be something within this scene, but whether or not it's a paranormal creature, determinations about that simply can't be made from a forensic perspective. But Primo isn't satisfied, and it doesn't take him long to find more corroborative evidence online. Upon further investigating, I, I found evidence that supported that this particular person that created this video had some sort of IMDB profile, specifically in the genre of science fiction. It appears that this person does this professionally in some capacity to create videos like this. It's pretty clear cut here that these videos have been post-produced and, and they are fake. Damn. Shoot, shoot. Our verdict, we're calling it a hoax. The scripted feel Damn. of the video and the human-like size of the creature are the main giveaways. Though Thomas still swears the encounter was real, we can clearly say this isn't a rake. But abandoned sites still remain a hotbed of supernatural activity. So rest assured, we will continue to explore them. Would you, what did you think of this report? Creepy. I enjoyed it, though. It kept me on my uh, toes. And it reminded me of an old show that I used to watch mm. called The Dark Side. Let me see if there's anything on that. The Dark Side. All right. Well, I hope everyone out there liked uh, our cast today. What did you think of the full cast? Of what we had, of all the I top. I loved it. I loved it. All right. Tales of the Dark Side. Ah, Tales from the Dark Side. And... Uh, if you if you Google tail from the dark side, right? Mm -hmm. You Google creature, white creature with red eyes. All right. All right. Here we go. Let me see images. You mean this thing? Let's see. There it goes. That thing used to creep me out as a kid. And keep going down. Let me see. Yeah, that would come on on that show. And it would blink. Yeah. That's what that reminded me of. Mm. Really strange. I wonder if they consider that a rake. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. But anywho. That is a freaky looking thing. But uh, the, so that, with, with that, that means we finally cut the head off the serpent. Your lies are no longer uh, affecting us, Mr. Lucy. That's, uh, this is our uh, way of stopping your lies in its track and freeing some minds that come along. Absolutely. And now it's time for our favorite segment and how we like to end every single show with a nice... Turn off the light. Take a deep breath. And Bunch relax. Central domes. This is not a cultural religion. It's just domes. Okay, we're going to relax our breath. This is a meditation pose. Lotus pose, whatever you want to call it. Don't be afraid of your own voice. You're in your house, make some sound, no one cares. You're basically massaging the central nervous system, which, trust me,
All right, folks. We are now at the very last segment of our show. What's going on with the little tune in the back? Ah, uh, ah, uh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> hold on, just messing with the levels here. <clears throat> Dealing with a little bit of uh, uh, technical difficulties, but nonetheless, continue. So yes, we reached the ultimate ohm section of our show, and we use this moment to purge all negative energy from within us, get all the toxicity, all that toxic information we just laid out, even though it's hard to hear about what's going on with all the lies and all that stuff, but now we're going to purge that from within us. So that we can allow positive energy to come in. And let's allow happiness. Yes, acceptance. Let's try to have peace with one another. And let's try to reach uh, happiness to the highest form. By allowing positive energy and getting rid of all the negative energy. And we're going to do that. By way of the ultimate Om Everyone take a deep breath And let's begin recommend when you guys do your own burn some incense some palo santo or some sage and now we get ready for the weekend that's right i hope everyone enjoys thank you um, for tuning in yeah enjoy being here with you guys and sharing information don't forget to subscribe go to the pyramid.com to subscribe to get the notification when we go live and to become a verdugo the verdugos have their own Perks, and we'll be adding more perks to our Verdugos as things go along. And um, those perks being, you know, you get access to documentaries and content, uh, all delving into uh, the pyramid uh, topics. You know, we got uh, very interesting things going on, um, and we're trying to provide value to you folks. So if there's any way that we can provide value, that we haven't thought of just let us know and you can let us know at thepyramid.com yeah please log on to thepyramid.com um look at our shop we got t-shirts and hoodies you go to the pyramid um supplements uh um, link we have supplements for you guys delicious gummies and capsules oh uh, why don't we play them a little bit of what our supplements uh, uh can we do that uh yeah let me see our supplements are infused with mushrooms which are good for you 
And we also have fungi coffee. We have a mushroom infused coffee and our coffee company is called Fungi Coffee, coffee Co. Code. That's right. And every time you make a purchase, you help us with our cast so that we can uh, provide you more interesting segments and podcasts. That's right. Uh, so let me see here. I'm just trying to find our latest little uh, video that we did here. Uh, should be here. It's populating. Just give me another second here as I pull it up. Here we go. All right. <clears throat> um, again, folks, uh, don't forget to subscribe to us at theparamid.com. Um, you can find all our swag at theparamidshop.com. Um, feel free to take any clips from this show and share it on your social media. We'd like to, to get our name out there. So please, we know you guys are doing the hard work because we get uh, new followers every week. So that means that you guys out there, you Bobolongos, are actually working hard to make this cast known. And we really appreciate that. And the more that we join can do, our sub stack, join our sub stack. Exactly. The more that we can do to get you to join our sub stack, um, we would do that happily. Um, and with that being said, uh, let's bring up this uh, this little advert that we have here. Uh, sorry, let me just uh, make sure that this is not playing simultaneously. Here, right, here we go. <clears throat> I'm gonna put this on screen. Oh, oh looks like. Uh, hold on. Uh, for whatever reason, um, when I start sharing my screen, sometimes it just appears white for whatever reason. But uh, here we go. <clears throat> All right, so here we go. Why mushrooms are the first thing I eat every morning. Aside from being a great source of micronutrients like vitamin D, the mushrooms that I eat are incredible for brain health. Every morning I eat reishi, turkey. It's already been proven that lion's mane protects your brain from cognitive decline. For example, one cause of Alzheimer's is a buildup of brain plaque called amyloid beta. Lion's mane mushrooms remove amyloid beta from the brain. Turkey tail benefits gut health and improves your immune system. fatigue and might even fight cancer mushrooms are more powerful than we have any idea about try starting your day with mushrooms and see how much better you feel if you eat this you might get accused of taking the limitless pill this is the lion's mane mushroom and it clears brain fog like nothing else it's even been studied for its ability to grow new brain cells through boosting something called nerve growth factor you have to eat lion's mane every day to get its benefits so i take it in a gummy and then <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you can find the delicious benefits in our brain boost. Yes. And one delicious gummy. Send 
wonderful mushroom. Yes, this is James Michaels. <laughs> That's our paraben supplements, folks. Take it. They're very good. I've been taking it, and I feel great. I I had a headache, and like I said on the last podcast, had a pounding headache. I took the brain boost, and my God, it worked. Even better than that over-the-counter drugs. It's all natural and fungus-infused. And we finished right on time at 4.58. According to my timer, this is the last segment. So we did everything according to, I mean, we uh, skipped a few things to stay within the confines of the timer, but we we managed to get it through. So this is the first time we deserve a nice little pat on the back that we got all the way through. All right. Um, And with that, uh, we'll end with our favorite quote. If the universe is infinite, then so are the possibilities. Folks, I'll be gone for a week, going on hiatus. Um, I'll leave you with Pablo. He's going to have a special guest on here. That's right. He will be filling in my shoes. Um, Please tune in next Tuesday at 7. And from 7 to 8 o'clock, please tune in. Wherever I'm going to be, I will be tuning in as well. So this is going to be our beta test to see. Yeah. Keep this guy this guy continue to run, and you can there always call go. in. Now, with that being said, we hope everyone had a great time, and we, we appreciate you, folks. And remember, you know, uh, the paranormal is all around us. You just have to look closely, folks. That's right. of the United States of America did not just happen. This is the rest of the story. As the guns of the revolution fell silent and the smoke cleared, what remained was a lukewarm alliance of 13 states, inadequately governed by a document called the Articles of Confederation. So divergent were the interests of the states, so unstable was our western frontier, that many doubted our ability to keep on keeping on. We had beaten the British, but could we survive ourselves? In 1786, state representatives met in Annapolis, Maryland to discuss the difficulties of interstate commerce. Nothing much was agreed upon except that another meeting would be necessary. And so in the autumn of that year, the states were invited to send delegates to Philadelphia to take into consideration the situation of the United States. It was this congregation which Thomas Jefferson, then United States Minister to France, which he would refer to as an assembly of demigods, compliment intended, The history books would call it simply the United States Constitutional Convention, for it was there and then that our Constitution was born. Or was it really? For although James Madison is widely recognized as the father of the Constitution, and he was in fact its principal architect, it must be remembered that he was a student of world governments. 
and he was admittedly influenced by other systems of social order. He was a copycat. You see, until we came along, there was once upon a time a one-of-a-kind republic on this planet, a confederacy of democratic sovereign states, which voluntarily had delegated certain broad prerogatives of sovereignty to a federal government. And those prerogatives were defined and limited by a constitution. And Ben Franklin studied it and thought that was a good idea. He was particularly impressed by their document. He admired those who had created it. He once wrote, in effect, that if they could do so, so could we. Franklin had been studying their form of government for decades. They had a three-chambered parliament, which now bears striking resemblance to our Senate and House and Supreme Court. Among the modern concepts of democratic rule established by this other republic, the one that we ultimately were to copy, were wide representative elections, senatorial plurality, absence of hereditary sovereigns, and of course the basic freedoms, notably unilateral freedom of religion. Thomas Jefferson was another admirer of that system, of that equitable, ingenious constitution. Many scholars have suggested that this other republic was the intellectual progenitor of the United States of America. Well, it certainly is obvious that our Constitution is patterned after theirs, however inadvertently, for they had demonstrated in advance that this kind of freedom with responsibility was the best way to ensure orderly rule. And the remarkably similar republic to which I refer predated ours by 300 years. It was the League of Iroquois Nations. That's right. It was the Indians who taught us about freedom. Now you know the rest of the story.